white supremacy is the sickness. While they refused to be vaccinated and tested for COVID-19, and now those San Diego City employees could be fired. KPBS investigative reporter Claire Tregesser has been following the story and has this update on the whole situation. The city confirmed it has issued advance notice of termination letters to at least three dozen employees, half of them in the San Diego Police Department. KPBS obtained the letter templates through a Public Records Act. The letters say the employee's refusal to take COVID tests, quote, amounts to insubordination or serious breach of discipline. But the letters are just the beginning of the city's dismissal process for the workers, says city spokesperson Nicole Darling. So city employees who were granted an exemption from the COVID-19 vaccination mandate are required to do the weekly testing. There are several employees in the police department who have failed to comply with that weekly testing accommodation. So those who fail to comply will be issued an advance notice of termination and they will be afforded all of their due process rights and their rights to representation. So the city has issued already advanced notice of termination letters to approximately two dozen employees in other city departments for failing to comply with that weekly testing accommodation. Those employees have also been afforded their due process rights and rights to representation. The city of San Diego approved the vast majority of requests to skip the COVID vaccine for religious reasons, but with the requirement that those employees then submit to regular testing. But about 10 percent of employees, most of them police, also insisted that testing violates their religious beliefs. They said their Christian beliefs instruct them not to use testing swabs because they contain ethylene oxide. The chemical is a known carcinogen, but it is not actually present on the swabs. It's used as a gas to sterilize them. Medical and religious experts say the employees' claims are groundless. KPBS asked Mayor Todd Gloria for his response to the claims. He says, I think we have been exceedingly patient. Uh, with these folks. We have uh, worked on this on an individual basis to understand where they're at and what the concerns are. Um, And so to the extent that individuals can be out of compliance and continue to work, uh, that is not ideal. Uh, But we, of course, will follow our due process for these individuals and hope, as the vast majority of them have, uh, that they'll come into compliance. Employees can appeal and then go through what's called a Skelly hearing. After that, if the city still decides to fire the employee, he or she would get a notice of termination from the department head. Claire Tregesser, KPBS News. It is Wednesday, which means most of us are halfway through our work week. There are millions of Americans who work untraditional hours, but on the whole, U.S. employees are at it Monday through Friday, and that schedule comes with a soundtrack. Working But wait, what if it didn't have to be this way? What if instead of punching a clock for 40 hours, five days a week, you only had to work 32 hours, four days a week? In some ways, the shorter work week could feel more intense. Same work, less time to do it. But then it's over. And you, the employee, get more of your non-working life back. We're continuing our series on how our work lives have changed since the pandemic. And today we are examining the four-day work week. A lot of employers in white-collar industries are rethinking their employment practices now. Do workers really need to be in the office all the time? Can work be done more efficiently from home? And some are actually experimenting with shorter weeks. 
Tech companies like Kickstarter and Buffer have entered pilot programs on this. California even tried to introduce a bill that would require large businesses to pay employees overtime if they worked more than 32 hours a week, although that has been shelved at the moment. There are many people who are spending more time at the office than they need to, and if work were organized more efficiently, they could get it done in a shorter period of time, go home, and have a better life. This is Juliet Shore. She's an economist and author of the book, The Overworked American. What was your first job, Juliet? I did dishwashing at college. I guess that's the closest. Then I went to Williams College. That was my first real job. As a teacher, what are the expectations about work in higher education? How many hours you put in? The culture was one where new faculty were in their offices all the time, pretty much. And <laughs> my friends were other people in the department. And I spent long, long hours in, in the office. Which is a thing Julia Shore says Americans shouldn't have to do. And she's made the issue a big part of her life's work. Juliet is helping lead a set of trials in several different countries, including here in the U.S., where companies try out the four-day work week for six months. 22 American companies have already enrolled in a trial this year. 70 companies in the U.K. have done so as well. If you look at the companies that are pioneering the four-day week, tech is very much at the forefront. The companies who are doing this and who are joining the trials that I'm researching are finding that they can reorganize work in ways that allows people to do as much in four days as they were doing in five. Hmm. White-collar work is the sort of dominant work, and uh, we're also seeing this in nonprofits, which is pretty interesting. But as the trials grow, we're finding new industries coming in. So a restaurant chain in the U.S. trial, uh, healthcare institutions we're starting to see, other kinds of service organizations. Juliet Shore says she has three objectives in these trials. The first is to show how a four-day work week helps employees. There's a growing body of research showing people are less stressed, have better well-being, less burnout. They can sleep more, very important, and have more energy, better job satisfaction, etc. And also that sort of social impacts of that. They have more time for family and community. The second is that it's feasible for the companies. For some, it will improve their productivity, profitability, revenue, et cetera. For others, it may just be a, a neutral change, but one that makes their employees better off. And you know, in the long run, the companies will benefit from that. And then the third impact, the one that has sort of less uh, evidence to date at the company level, uh, but which is very important, is impacts on carbon emissions. Um, hmm. If people are commuting one fewer day a week, that's going to have a big impact on transportation emissions. Um, I imagine, though, you have employers coming to you and saying, um, there's just no way we are going to be able to afford this, that it's not actually going to cut our costs, but potentially we could end up having to pay more. You have to onboard more employees to cover all those new shifts. There's some interesting experiments from Sweden uh, with healthcare workers, nurses in particular, uh, who were given six-hour days because there's a lot of stress and burnout in nursing. And 
what these experiments showed is that the nurses getting the six-hour days, as we would expect, were more productive, they were happier, but the care facilities had to hire people for those extra hours. But what they found was although there was a small increase in costs, a lot of those additional salaries were offset by lower health care costs and lower unemployment for their existing workforces. The other thing in healthcare, of course, is mistakes, so that when you've got tired and stressed employees, you're more likely to get mistakes. So there are ways to make up the, the costs other than just asking employees to fit all their work into 80% of the time, which is what you're seeing in the white collar context. So right there, you heard Shore acknowledge that there are some challenges with a four-day work week. White-collar industries basically have to ask their employees to finish the same amount of work, but in less time. It's a lot busier, obviously, when you're trying to do five days of work in four days. This is LaDonna Spicer. And I'm the director of the project management office here at HealthWise. HealthWise is a company in Boise, Idaho that produces health education materials for hospitals, providers, and health plans. The company experimented with four-day work weeks last year, and they made it permanent in February. LaDonna says it has made her way more efficient. You do really have to think through how long your meetings need to be. And this is something we've done a lot of already is be really well prepared for meetings. So it takes some thoughtful preparation to really be able to optimize your work. We talked to the CEO of HealthWise, Adam Husney, and he said cutting back to four work days has been good for business. Our revenues went up this year more than we had budgeted. Our attrition rate has gone down to, I think we've lost one person in the past three months. We've delivered on products on time or ahead of where we have done. The things we are able to measure have all been positive. And LaDonna gets an extra day for all the life that happens outside of work, like hanging with her grandnephew at the pool. Do you want me to hold on to that for you? A trip to the eye doctor. Hi, I came in Friday to pick my glasses up. And, Even a physical um, therapy appointment. Then we'll start on this right side. So okay. start with some traction. But four days a week is not realistic for other companies. We called up a manufacturing plant in the Northeast that makes steel products. The floor manager who answered the phone told us he didn't have time to grab one of his bosses to speak on tape. But before he hung up, he said they are so slammed because of supply chain shortages and backlogged orders that there's no way they could make a four-day work week happen. We heard this from HR professionals and other experts, too. There's too much work, and we don't have enough employees as it is. And even if you can make it work... They say it would be a scheduling nightmare. The idea of the four-day work week started bubbling up a few months ago. I mean, you saw it, I saw it. The whole world started to see it become a thing. This is Lindsay Chepkema. She's the CEO of a marketing technology company called Casted. And I, I couldn't really put my finger on why it was bothering me so much because I, I wanted a four-day work week. I wanted to give my team a four-day work week, but I just, it, I couldn't shake the feeling that it just, it just didn't land with me. I was like, this isn't going to work. It just doesn't make sense. Lindsay told me that Friday's off is an exciting bumper sticker of an idea, but it's not all it's made out to be when it comes to making her employees' lives better. Real flexibility is being able to say, hey, I want to start my workday late, or I want to cut out early on Wednesdays for kid reasons, for friend reasons, for personal reasons, for pet reasons. I, I want to teach a yoga class during the lunch break, you know, five days a week, whatever it may be. That's flexibility. So if I go and mandate 
that flexibility at our company means you get Fridays off, that's not flexibility. That's mandating a day off. The trials Juliet Shore is helping lead are still going on, so there isn't enough data to draw conclusions about how much companies can actually save or how much better employee performance and satisfaction are because of a four-day work week. That won't happen for months. And of course, we have to remember that the economy is sort of in a bad way right now. Inflation rates are crippling, interest rates have gone way up as a result, and some top American CEOs are bracing for a recession. Despite all of that, though, Juliet Shore is convinced that the four-day work week has irreversible momentum. If you think about things like those nine-day schedules where they get a Friday off every other week, or uh, Fridays off in the summer, early closings in the summer, Friday just gradually becoming a day in which people are sort of less plugged into their job and doing less work. One of the things we know is that once people have something like this, it's very hard to take it away. That's definitely true for LaDonna Spicer. She's been working a four-day week since this past February. And when we asked her if she'd be willing to give that up for a different job somewhere else, she sort of laughed and said her life has changed with this new schedule. She has more of it now, and she is not so ready to give that up. system of white supremacy, they know enough, because they don't have to know. And what is that enough? Something I heard a white woman say one time. <laughs> a bunch of black people were, were laughing at her because they were laughing at the way that she dressed. He was talking about how tacky she was at the way that she dressed. This was on a job that I was on. They were getting on the elevator, and they were just—they were cracking up at the way that she was dressed, because she was dressed in what most people would say in an outlandish manner. Just outlandish, okay? Like she had gone out of her way to attract a whole lot of laughter, okay? But she heard them laughing at her. She turned around and said one thing. Yes, but I'm white. And walked off. <laughs> wow. In other words, y'all can laugh at me and dress in all your fine clothes and all like that. But I can do things that you will never do in your entire life. I can wow. go places. I got connections that you will never have. No matter your children will never have. That's what she was saying. That was back in the 60s. Those black people on that elevator got dead quiet. Wow. Because they knew that she was telling the truth. Say, yeah, I can dress any cotton-picking way I want to. <laughs> but you got no right to laugh at me. Because when you look at my overall circumstances and yours, no contest. <laughs> That's what she was wow. saying in just that one statement. Now, she didn't say all that. She just made one statement. But I was standing nearby. I knew exactly what it meant. <laughs> yeah, wow. but I'm white, you know. I don't have to dress no kind of way. I don't even have to have clothes on. This week, we're looking at how our work lives have changed since the pandemic. And today, we are thinking about what we wear. 
Okay, fashion may seem small, but it says something larger about how the pandemic has changed all of us. Now, if you work in certain industries that were aesthetically relaxed before, that probably hasn't changed. But the pandemic has given some people a chance to loosen up. Our producer, Milton Guevara, went to Capitol Hill and found Jeremy Gonzalez, who has worked there since November. Yeah, I would say definitely. Like when I first started coming in, even on recess days, I would be wearing a suit and a tie or even like my three piece suit that I have that I think is like, you know, I feel good in that outfit. Um, now, unless it's like a voting day, I usually am not wearing a suit. Otherwise, I would just be wearing jeans and like, you know, maybe a button down or a polo. Okay, jeans and a polo is not exactly fashion forward, but it is pretty casual for the hill. We wondered if looser dress codes had found their way into another notoriously formal work culture, Wall Street, where for men, suits are really the only option, and even then, not a huge range of improvisation. You know, in terms of color palette and all that, I mean, it's, it's blue and black, and the shirts are white or blue. This is David Gura. He covers Wall Street for NPR, and he did a little digging for us on if and how dress codes have changed in the epicenter of American finance. He called up a source David calls his suits guy. He's named Ken Giddon. His family has run this storied men's store in Manhattan since the 1920s called Rothman's. I called him up and I asked him sort of what's changed now that offices are reopened. And this is what he said. In terms of dress code, the one thing that I would say certainly for the Wall Street crowd is the operative word is confusion. <laughs> so pe people are coming back and they feel like, OK, I can't wear the sweats that I was wearing. Um, you know, I, I should be wearing something more formal, but they don't really know what that is. And mm. I thought what was so fascinating uh, as I heard Ken talk about this, is like it's across the board. So it's interns who are saying they're confused, kind of first years right out of college are saying the same thing. Yeah. But he says executives are, are coming in and, and they have the same complaint. They just don't know what this dress code is supposed to be like in this new world. That's so interesting. They definitely perceive that something has shifted, though. Everything's just not going back to the way it was. And I think that like before the pandemic, they had a good handle on what the dress code was at banks and law firms and yeah. um, across corporate America. And now he's learning as well. So like he's he's advising people on what to wear. And then I think he's kind of counting on them to come back and tell him what they're seeing, because obviously, yeah, his job is like to, to be an advisor in some respect, to make sure that people are outfitted the way that they want to be or should be for for jobs. Young people in particular, for whom they may be walking into their first jobs and, you know, they just spent two years at home. Maybe they were, you know, at home taking college classes and they don't have a clue. Yeah, he's done this for years. Like they'll, they'll come in um, and he says they'll maybe start with a suit, figuring they need one of those. They'll pick out a sport coat. But then they're not sure where to go. Do you wear dress slacks to work? Do you wear khakis? Can you wear jeans? And nobody really has drawn the line and nobody really knows what the right answer is. So the, the advice that he's giving them is just wear dress trousers and a blazer, collared shirt. And very quickly, you'll get a sense if that's the vibe of the office. And he said, worst case, you just hang that blazer on your coat hook or doorknob and you don't wear it the next day. You heard the man air on the dressier side and then figure it out from there. Robin Gavon thinks this is good advice, too. And believe me, you want to listen to Robin because writing about what our outward appearance means was her full-time gig at the Washington Post for most of her career. So, I mean, you used to write exclusively about fashion. Now you write about all kinds of things. But, I mean, I'm looking at you online, all these photos of you, Robin. You're a very well-heeled woman. You always look <laughs> totally put together. You're very so, kind. <laughs> I mean, it's just truth. Um, so when you were on lockdown like the rest of us, 
I'm assuming that you didn't dress to the nines. <laughs> what were, what was your situation? Well, I certainly had my days when, you know, I worked out in the morning and just sort of stuck with sweatpants or something for the rest of the day. But honestly, you know, I missed the clothes in my closet. And so <laughs> I would put them on. And as I joked to one of my colleagues, you know, I said, a steady diet of yoga pants and sweatpants will lie to you. A pair of jeans will be very honest about what your eating habits have wrought. I, I feel that in a very real way. <laughs> so now here we are. Um, a lot of people have gone back to their offices, to their pre-COVID work routines. What have you noticed in terms of changes since people have returned? Are they keeping some of that cash vibe or what? One of the things that I found to be striking just within the fashion industry is that there was a lot of conversation of trying to create collections that were much more sort of comfort first. But what I've noticed is that there's really a return to sort of fashion with a capital F, because I think people who loved it before continue to love it. And there's something about creating boundaries again, right? Where mm. you have the clothes that you wear out into the world, and then you have the clothes that are sort of your playtime clothes, your downtime clothes. Although, you know, I spoke to one person who talked to me about breaking down that boundary and how that felt liberating to them to not have to bifurcate yourself that way, that there was a certain uniform, a, a definition of what it meant to be a professional that they didn't feel was really authentic to them anymore. And now they're wearing overalls and big flamboyant colors and erasing that boundary. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's sort of the big existential question, at least <laughs> in the fashion realm. <laughs> Uh, as people return to the office, which is, you know, how much of a breakdown do you want between sort of the, the personal self and the professional self? And I think for some people, it is really invigorating to be able to bring the entirety of their personality with them wherever they go. And I think there are other people who were frustrated by the fact that their workday never really seemed to end, that everything blurred into one giant mush of constantly being online, constantly being on call. Mm -hmm. And they sort of long for more of a delineation between the two. I think that ultimately will come to some sort of happy medium. But I will say that one area where the role of comfort seems to have like stuck is in footwear. I am not seeing a return to the serious dressy heels or constricting footwear. I'm seeing a lot more flats, both in offices, on runways, in lookbooks, in magazines. Yeah. I mean, how did we ever do that? I look at these heels. I have to admit, I was never really a heel person, but right before the lockdowns, I just, I decided I needed some. And now I look at them and I'm like, there's just no way. I'm never, ever putting those on. Yeah, but there had already been a lot of collaborations between high-end fashion brands like Birkenstock 
and Converse and Adidas. And, you know, there had been sort of sneaker technology put into dress shoes. And this idea that you could still look very professional and polished and dressed up uh, wearing a pair of flats. But remember how that was so stigmatized back in the day? Like, you know, not to dis on Naturalizer or any of those other older brands, but... Oh, go ahead, dis on them. (laughs) Or Naturalizer, but... That that was like an old lady shoe, right? If you were looking for like a comfortable shoe, that was totally not the hip and cool thing to do. And now I see cool sneakers everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I really own up to the fact that one of the earliest stories I wrote when I came to Washington was about all of these women emerging from the metro and, you know, looking like they were headed into, you know, some law office from the ankles up. But they were wearing the equivalent of, you know, workout sneakers on, right. on their feet. Like working girl, like Melanie Griffith. <laughs> exactly. And I thought, oh my God, this this column is gonna be the one that like leads my obituary or something <laughs> because people were so outraged. So in your best guidance then, so I'm still working at home. Like we should I should just admit this. And I am having a real mental block about going back to work. And not wearing my athleisure wear. Your suggestion to me is just try it and see what happens. Maybe it's not so scary. I would say ease into it. I mean, I don't think you have to go. Like a nice pair of yoga pants. (laughs) Yoga pants to, you know, the full um, three-piece suit. That's never happening. Ensemble. Right. But I think you could go from yoga pants to maybe... A pair of, you know, up style track pants Ooh, and maybe a simple cool. pullover yes. and a pair of high style Birkenstocks. Wow. I mean, I think that's like a very gentle shift. We don't even know each other that well. And you just nailed my look. That was perfect. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to cause any problems, Lieutenant. I just want a new partner. Oh, I understand. Your partner's a racist prick, but you don't want to stir up any bad feelings with him. Well, he's been on the force for a long time. And, uh, 17 years. And I do have to work here, sir. So, you don't mind that there's a racist prick on the force. You just don't want him to ride in your car. If you need me to go on record about this, sir, I will. That'd be great. Write a full report. Because I'm anxious to understand how an obvious bigot could have gone undetected in this department for 17 years. 11 of which he was under my personal supervision. Which doesn't speak very highly of my managerial skills. But that's not your concern. Can't wait to read it. African American sheriff in a local county says he's had some employees quit because of his race and even had his life threatened since he took office. Now he's defending himself against accusations of mismanagement and more. And he believes race is part of the reason for the criticism. Channel 2's Tom Jones is live in Henry County where he spoke exclusively about this issue. Tom. Yeah, Wendy, I uh, reached out to Sheriff Reginald Scandred after someone asked me to look into allegations on a social media post made by a former candidate for sheriff here in the county. Jim Cox questioned the sheriff's handling of his budget. He talked about a $25,000 shower installed here and a $97,000 truck the sheriff was driving in, riding in with a driver. The sheriff told me uh, this stems in part because some people uh, don't like the fact that he's an African-American sheriff here. I received threats. 
I received death threats. Henry County Sheriff Reginald Scandrett says that's why he has a driver. The first African-American sheriff here spoke to me after I asked him to address a number of concerns made by a former sheriff's candidate on social media, including he has someone to drive him around. Jim Cox wrote there is a mass exodus from the sheriff's office. The sheriff says people have left because they didn't agree with his vision and increased standards. And we have some people that say, quite frankly, we will never work for an African-American sheriff. Scandred says they've been replaced. Cox wrote the jail was understaffed. Scandred says it takes around 30 people per shift to run the jail. We have about 25 and some change now. Cox complained the sheriff installed a $25,000 shower with a Bluetooth speaker. We did add a shower. Scandred says it was $7,800. Cox also said the sheriff has a tricked-out $97,000 truck. Scandred gave me documents that showed it cost $56,000, and that's not all. The truck was purchased by the prior sheriff. Scandred says when he arrived, he found the jail in horrible condition to where he instituted Operation Facelift. He told me he chooses to focus on bringing the sheriff's office up to standard and not the false narratives people enjoy spreading. We're not embracing that. We're not going to chase those narratives. We're running toward the levels of excellence. And Scandrett told me on occasion he spent several nights in a row here and he needs that shower. He says his office is clearing warrants and locking people up who need to be locked up. I reached out to Jim Cox. He told me uh, he would check with his boss to see if he could speak with the media and would get back to me next week. We're live in Henry County. Tom Jones, Channel 2 Action News. Context of white supremacy. Gusty Renegade. And for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Friday, July 8, 2022. So I have been told. This is our weekly summit, Neutralizing Workplace Racism. Uh, If we have any non-white people in the known universe you have figured out these are things to do get all of your promotions all of your raises in the workplace you don't have problems on your job if you get a promotion or what have you you don't have a mass exodus your co-workers colleagues aren't walking around mad not going to work with some nigger manager putting in my two weeks that doesn't happen you are respected valued member of your organization and your compensation reflects that you are a valued member of the team if you need time off you get it you are never ridiculed criticized reprimanded about your wardrobe this is you let us know how you did it 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate the number again 
720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. As usual, uh, if you have some difficulties, maybe they do admonish you about your attire in the workplace. Maybe you are not a valued member of the team. If you are having difficulties, dial in. We will do our best to use counter-racist logic uh, to kind of help process, see if you can figure out ways to solve problems without creating new problems in the workplace. Some of the reports that we heard at the beginning, give out the email as well. Some of the reports that we heard at the beginning they first gave us the segment on the enforcement officers in San Diego down there with Rob said well it wasn't just enforcement officers and they didn't put racial classification on it that's another one Rob has never told us that it's just tons of niggers all the black people migrated out to San Diego from Wisconsin and the Midwest, you know, they just couldn't take it anymore. I haven't heard that. I've been to San Diego more than, more than once, in fact. I didn't see tons of black people down there. So if there are lots of San Diegoans who are being obstinate, we're not going to take it. Not doing the vaccine. <laughs> and they said, okay, no problem. You don't have to do the vaccine. Just do the test. I'm not doing that either violating my relig- religion of white supremacy but you're violating my religious rights I'm not doing none of that they didn't say anything about Nurse Rivers or nothing else again now why have white people conducted themselves in that manner for two plus years and police officers got the same thing right up here with me Pacific Northwest uh, the police officers in Portland did the same thing not doing the vaccine not doing the test don't care about the Rona you're not going to make me hmm. they didn't fire them in Portland in Portland they said well forget it y'all aren't going to comply we're just not going to enforce it San Diego this writing up your letters of termination let's get it cracking defiant white people need not apply We heard, let's see, the commentary on the four-day work week, they mentioned the phrase white-collar four times in that segment alone. Now, that's a lot for one segment. Talk about those metaphors and what have you. I don't know. Now, maybe we have, you know, uh, Cal's listeners who are a part of the experiments <clears throat> trials four day work week maybe that's happening maybe we have cows listeners they're full time employees they work 32 hours a week have a lots more free time can do constructive projects counter racist experiments work on books videos documentaries blogs all of that <clears throat> maybe since they said white collar that many times I suspect that it's going to be individuals classified as white who will be getting all of the wonders and joys of 
workplace efficiency so we don't have to waste all this time man there is so much time wasting and I'm sure people many many of you all can attest to that but there's so much time wasting uh, having these away days and picnics and Christmas parties and birthday parties and all this other nonsense and gossip about who has on what today and did you see Helen's new hat and her new shoes and she's had that dress on for the last two weeks like there's so much time wasting like the full time work we could easily be 32 hours I mean it's easily 8 hours of wasted time easily every day where I would say within a week I would say every day it's at least an hour of wasted time on just absolute nonsense where this could be condensed done away with entirely we don't need to do this at all uh, one person could maybe do this where it could easily be hey we have a 32 hour full time work week we've got everything done even got a chance to say hi to everybody didn't have to be mum in the office and not speak got all of our work done efficient and rolling lots of time spent practicing racism in the workplace we talked about that we got to get in our racist jokes and memes and all the rest of that nonsense uh, they said within that same report talking about the four day work week and I hear all of these reports at least I process them with all of the technology over the next hundred years or so hopefully racism will be vanquished in that process but as time goes on and the technology they are, have already been talking about calling it the end of work that so many computers and all the technology is going to you want to talk about efficiency like woo I talk about the uh, sanitation used to be you'd have three people on the garbage truck now in many instances it's one very soon it's going to be zero lots of jobs will be like that where just eventually it's it's not really going to be a need to have a person per se doing this so there will be lots more people having free time probably individuals classified as white where they can go out frolic practice racism more racist jokes more memes all the rest of it experimenting I thought that was important to race soldiers do a lot of experimenting and global experiment with the four-day work week to see is this feasible said even in California they were trying to mandate it 32 hours for a full-time load even imagine that for numbers of folks out there you your parents just thinking about that now how radically that would change your life if you only had to work four days a week or 32 hours a week and that's full-time benefits all of that right could be a radical shift it could just mean that we have more time to watch Real Housewives Scandal whatever new is on Netflix it could mean that too uh, let's see within the same rubric and they were talking about how COVID impacted a lot of this which is probably true in the same subject matter they talked about the impact of COVID on dress uh, I thought that was such a, a important moment to remember uh, Neely Fuller Jr. and what he had to say that white woman hey she doesn't even have to have on clothing I'm white my man talk about experiments caller in Florida talked about the warden she came in 
were in the same outfit for two weeks waiting for somebody to say something and then told them in the debrief I've been conducting an experiment in the workplace I would recommend victims of white supremacy non-white people you are not the warden you are not classified as white uh, I wrote it out online hey I have seen many many non-white people in their Sunday best Rosa Parks Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Patrice Lumumba beaten savaged killed even in their Sunday best I would recommend if you are a non-white person uh, even if you have and we do have some non-white people where they have been working from home uh, hybrid whatever it is for some of them for the entire time since the whole COVID situation started maybe they went back in for a day or two but the bulk of their time over this period has been from home my recommendation or even some of the folks who've been home for some of this time my recommendation even if it has switched up and you certainly can let us know if your work environment was someplace professional someplace where people didn't come in with jeans and sweatshirts and what have you before the pandemic if you had a professional attire work environment if that's changed you can let us know if it's now people are wearing sweats and yoga pants and sneakers uh, where they used to come in in business suits and blazers and all the rest of it I would recommend for non-white people that you not make that change uh, in a system of racism white supremacy non-white people you coming into the office in pajamas footies sweats whatever it is much easier for that to be used against us than it is for someone classified as white and they even have reports where they talked about within all this in the pandemic that some people have been punished where they've had some sort of choice do you want to work from home do you want to come in the people that stayed at home were punished meaning their long-term success in the company these people were not you know they're not going to be in line for promotions that sort of things hey they're you know kind of slacker being at home I could see that and even I could see that being as being used as justification you know old Jamal is coming in he's been wearing you know footies the whole you know COVID situation that's not you know the image that we want to send out as as being a professional fortune 500 organization old Jamal Jamal period but then Jamal and footies huh. pajamas you know whatever it is now again white people they can do that they can come in run down sneaker flip flops you know what Fuller say I don't even have to put on clothes I'm white I wear the same thing for two weeks I'm white I'm doing experiments I would recommend keep it the same thing I've been saying forever Brutish. You wear the same thing. Whatever you wore before all this started, that's what I will continue to wear if it is prudish, meaning not loud colors, nothing that would stand out. Professional attire that is clean, but no, like we said, no yellows. The orange, I know it's summertime. You might want to do all that. Eh. 
muted natural colors for the work environment professional and clean that's it I mean it would not be a big change and like I said I would even buy the same type we had the caller who wrote out for the females you know not doing anything outlandish you get one hairstyle and that's it no loud colors no lots of makeup not the big high heels and everything pullover professional and it's that every day same thing for the males I would not get into all that even if other people around you even if they have gotten very casual with what they're wearing in the workplace I would not follow their lead let the white people do that even if the CEO is doing that cool in the gang let them be the one wearing footies you do the same thing COVID never happened professional for the workplace let's see uh, they had the report about officer uh, Scandron said that he they, the exodus they were upset got this Negro enforcement official then they went in with the report said he's got this tricked out vehicle now that's one now where they have said it was tricked out regardless about whether we're tricked out or not he came with the receipts I love it documentation officer Scandron came in Sheriff Scandron he's bang here are the receipts for what it actually cost and the previous sheriff made this purchase then they go to the oh my god he's got this billion dollar shower oh that's tricked out too <clears throat> goes with the receipts for what that actually cost and then hey we need a shower we're here working on I think most uh, police stations that's standard I think like I have never worked as a sheriff or enforcement officer but I think most police departments they have a shower like that's you know you're doing training and what have you might have to be out chasing negro rapists and what have you and they have a uniform and what have you I don't I don't think that's crazy to have a shower at the police station maybe I'm an idiot folks can you know let me know anyway uh, we'll pause there with the reports although there were many other details uh, related to workplace racism even all that about Boris Johnson and his resignation around him appointing a white official who went out and groped male staff members talk about that all the time you have to have a code about incorrect sexual behavior in the workplace nip it in the bud immediately and make reports when that happens that right there I said is workplace racism now look at that all of that end up leading to a prime minister having to resign historic global Dis, uh, disgrace and humiliation forever have that in the history books incorrect behavior in the workplace and I think he might have been the white man uh, MP Pincher I said even that his name Pincher around pinching people in the growing uh, that under the influence and I talked about that being at those work functions and what have you you got to be sober because that is all over the world they go to those work parties and what have you and get sloshed and they get the grabbing and pinching and all the rest of like man 
have a co away days I talked about summer picnics or anything else that they're going to have you got to be alert on code could be dangerous now folks who emailed in the email until justice at gmail.com until justice at gmail.com now let's see we'll get in one of those and then get to some of the folks who wrote in um got confused about my email there we go alrighty uh, let's see first email this is black female she's written in a few times uh, about her workplace situation she writes in wait a minute oh no get the LGBT t- Woo! gay rights is changing everything alrighty she writes in there is a trans person on my team and he's a white male who chooses to be called a female I am not used to dealing with trans people but I just wanted to comment on how tough it was to write an email and chat with him so I don't get in trouble for misgendering him they will call you a homophobe so fast Woo! he looks like an obvious man but dr- but addressing him correctly according to white people not accurately is the important thing I was just taken aback at how long it took me to communicate with him and address him it's just something I noticed I totally feel you uh, and I would take advantage if this is an email I would take advantage and go very slow and do lots of referring to this person by their name now I'm all about hey call people what they want to be called in the work environment if it's supposed to be you know they give you their pronouns or you know they say I'm a female even if it's you know a six foot white male who looks like Hulk Hogan and he says I want to be called Teresa you call him Teresa every time he says, well I'm not him either you know I got my my pronouns and I'm Teresa alright Teresa I would do lots of Teresa, 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 just calling the person uh, Teresa by their name. Uh, and then if they gave me the pronouns, now I'm not uh, somebody that would be a bit much. If I got to have a list of pronouns for all of the people in the workplace or even really one, like that's a lot. But I definitely, if the person, I'm Teresa, boom, they say, do not call me sir or he, I would do that. No problem. Uh, and if it's an email, I would double check to make sure I've not said, you know, anything where it's, hey, man, I've had to tell you, you know, you're doing that. Cut it out with all that, sir, and mister, and um, Teresa. Absolutely. My mistake. Sorry, Teresa. Do better about that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's something, you know, that is serious. And you absolutely can get in trouble Uh, it's already the system of white supremacy they have already done such a job uh, with the niggers people classified as black or homophobes you know they'll beat up anybody that's gay and all the rest of it they're all about you know the binary you gotta be male and female anything else and they, they just you know that's been spread and globally so yeah I would just say take your time if it's an email definitely take advantage to make sure that you proofed it and not say anything that's going to you know get you in HR 
type of a situation. Uh, and then if you all have to talk in person, like I said, I would just call the person by their name, Teresa, boom, whatever the name is, and just go from there. But yeah, definitely that is, as Mr. Fuller has said, the gay rights movement changing everything. Uh, and that is something. Racism, white supremacy probably will not be addressed in any serious way in the workplace. But, oh, man, you get accused of mistreating somebody on those LGBTQ issues. That will be a totally different proposal. Anywho, the number again, 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, let's see. Uh, folks who dialed in with commentary, uh, if you have workplace racism, fashion information to share, let us know. Hey, Gus. Victim from New Jersey. Can you hear me? Crystal. Crystal. Okay, I'm in the gym, so I had to go to a little secluded area. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I went back to the plantation, so I was cleared. So, you know, I'm I'm working. Um, you know, taking it easy, they got me kind of like on uh, semi-light duty. Um, as far as, like, the uh, the um, parties, that, that has happened to me on work uh, at a party, a uh, co-worker salesperson. Uh, just came and, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, I wear uh, a bald head. So I, you know, I don't, well, I shave my hair. So he just came and just kissed me on the top of the head and, you know, I just kind of, you know, pushed him like, hey, you know. <laughs> so definitely, uh, it's really not a laughing matter. It's definitely not a laughing matter. But, and this is a guy that I had to uh, check for some tacky behavior. Um, unfortunately, I did entertain a conversation. This is before Donald Trump uh, got in office and he went on a ride with me in the truck, the salesperson. And um, I don't even think I was talking to him. I might've been talking to my helper and we were just talking about Donald Trump. And this was during the time he was, you know, running. And he says, um, well, what about Al Sharpton? So I'm like, for one, you interjecting in the conversation that I might be talking to you about. And I said, what that has to do with anything? Like, I'm not, you know. But I, I kindly, I, I quickly changed the subject. And um, he also made a remark because, you know, when my hair is kind of like has that shadow, because, you know, I'm, I'm balding in the middle. So if, it's, if I'm not completely shaved, I either wear a hat or I may wear a uh, wave cap, you know, if if my hair is not fully shaved. So I come in, and he made a remark about, you know, my my head rag. And I had to kind of check him again. Like, you know, like, you know, listen, I don't, you know, I forgot what I said, but, you know, I don't I don't really joke with you like that. Like, you know, stop, you know. So I, I quickly kind of checked him. And, and it was, it, it was kind of like, it, it was racial when he said something about the hair rag. So after that, he kind of backed up off me. But even then, in a party, when I see him, he's acting like we're best of friends, and he just comes and kisses me on top of the head. So I'm like, listen, you know, back up off. But so definitely um, tacky behavior. Um, I, I should have skipped that part. Um, 
Gus, and I close with this, the job, the tacky job that I left that they keep trying to get me back. They, they're, they're still calling me. So uh, even when I was injured, so I had to basically block the supervisor. So I blocked him. The owner calls him. So he leaves a message. I didn't even really read the message, but they're still trying to entice me to get me to, you know, come back. Um, matter of fact, I did talk to the owner, and he was saying, um, you know, like he needs me back, and he, he promised that I'm going to be happy with the pay he's going to give me, and I'm going to be in the inner circle. So I don't know what the inner circle means, but obviously I was out of the inner circle when they was acting real tacky about that gas car. So, you know, he asked me, am I vaccinated? Eh, it's really none of your business, but if I have to be vaccinated, then I definitely can't come back. So I just basically blocked the supervisor, and I also blocked the owners. I, I'm just, but it, it's just, you know what I mean? I'm just like, they're like, I'm like, they're just so aggressively just, you know, you constantly calling me. Like, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, like when I was working. When I Dirty when bastards. I was working with them when I when I was working with them they um you know they they had no regard for my 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 time when I was off work when I was on vacation they would call me I'm like I'm not even working for you guys anymore and y'all calling me so I blocked the the supervisor and he called me from a blocked number and I, I I'm like I'm like do I got to get a restraining order on you guys. So, like, Gus, I really don't even know what to make out of this, this behavior from this old employer, but it, it's, it's it's real weird, and it's, I, I can't even really describe it. Yeah, but I close with that. Wow. Al Sharpton, I love it. I love it. Al is long live Al Sharpton. Um context of white supremacy he said he came and kissed them on the head my goodness uh those parts said you have to have a code at those parties Woo! anything can that because that's that is so common this is not something that's just boris johnson uh it's not something that's just new jersey this is worldwide uh and it's any christmas party fourth of july party uh the summer picnic birthday jamboree juneteenth fest anything especially if there's going to be any liquor because so many times they have these at bars or they're having some place where there is going to be alcohol served and not that that has to be a part of it but that just greatly increases the likelihood of something like this happening but coming and grabbing you by the crotch kissing you on the head and as he said black self-respect hey 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 back up off me and do not ever do that again not joking around not playing super serious and that's the sort of thing something like that happens in my view you leave immediately leave immediately if you had went up white male or white woman I'm not even going to say kiss because like, you know, <laughs> death penalty. But if you had just came up and gave them a really strong hug. Oh, my white brother. 
haven't seen you in so long. My white sister, come here, girl. Give me some sugar. Come on. You definitely wouldn't have got a gas car then. <laughs> or been invited to the inner circle. And that's so common. The coming up and uh, a black person coming up and patting them on the head and kissing them and rubbing them on the head and all the rest of it like you're a child like oh yes and I mean written that that's some delectable negro too especially he said with the context where before it was he sees him come in where we normally have a hat on or whatever if his head is not shaven I guess he says he, he comes in that day says oh you got your you know your your gang you know gang paraphernalia on we got our old gangster in here today E-40's cousin in here I guess do uh, New Jersey style but yeah we got old gangster uh, coming in here something like that like are you serious oh you got some of your prison clothes on today I see wow he's gonna be tough in here <laughs> oh don't shank us that type of thing and then we go from that to, oh let me give you a kiss my favorite negro even reminds me of Dr. Tommy Curry the man not the fungibility of the black male we can go from someone to insult and degrade to the very next moment now some homoerotic behavior anyway lots of dangers at those parties that's why we say bring someone with you who is also sober that way if that sort of thing happens you got a witness you can leave immediately Uh, let's see all of the harassment from the job I think that would be the correct term we've had other folks who have talked about uh, where they think certain jobs hey they want vengeance we want to you know get back at you for some sort of proceed you did whatever even if it's your you're just an uppity nigra you showed a little bit too much black self-respect so we want to we want to check you so to speak that type of thing that even could be it especially because I think he said this former company might have found out that he was going in business for himself and all the rest of it like what 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 kind of entrepreneurial coon is there who do you think you are leave us and try and go and start do something uh huh and he said just harass and why don't you come back why don't you come back why don't you come back get the owner to call and harass why don't you come back why don't you come back he said he blocked the number they call from a block number. Why don't you come back? We'll do the, you'll be a part of the inner circle. Now you do have, they said, you know, the job shortages continue even with, you know, they talk about so-called looming recession maybe and inflation and all the rest of it. There are still plenty of job shortages. And I would think especially for delivery driving. Uh, so it could be they are hurting. They don't have drivers. You're experienced, quality worker, competent. You know, you know their system or what have you. Like, man, we would do anything to get that old coon back. It could be, you know, that's a part of it. But then, too, I also think, like, what is all this? Like, really? Is there some of that? This uppity negro left us. Go try and you know start his own business. Oh, we get him back. We gonna really stick it to him, old coon. Could be some of both. Either way, just that is so incorrect. If you've 
made it firm. I've moved on, got other things to do. I appreciate, you know, the opportunity, appreciate the experience, but, you know, moved on different point in life now. Oh, okay. Right on. Move on. Not the continued. I block your number and you can call from a net. Like, are you serious? And that's one thing too. Uh, the training of racism, white supremacy. Sometimes we, it's difficult for us to say no to a white person. That's how we've been trained. Anything, especially for a phone call, email, texting, you are not obligated to respond. I see so many people, you know, it's it, they, someone calls and they feel like they have to answer. There's white people and non-white people. No, you don't. That is your phone. You don't have to answer. There is a block feature on the phone. As stated, it can be used. Block their number. That way you don't have to deal with any of it. They call from another. And once you've made it clear, like you've been professional, you gave you two weeks notice, you moved on, you told them, no, thank you. If they've tried to hire you back and they persist like you've done everything correct at that point where it's got to get to the point where now I got to block a number and all this like this is my phone. You are harassing me. There is no need for any of this communication. This is a major problem at this point. At this point, like, hey. They have non-harassment orders that you can get at the police department. If I answer the phone, you dial from some crazy block number or what have you. And I happen to answer and it's you all. Oh, I'm hanging up immediately because I've already told you all this and you're wasting time and energy at this point. Not going to keep going through all this and having to give you excuses and all the rest of it. I've moved on. Lots of ways that white people waste their time and energy. But again, just because I, I am thinking white people do that. There are many ways that white people display thought patterns that are very different than what the thought speech behaviors that I see with other non-white people. That is one that I think for race soldiers. Oh, yeah. A nigger that we want to get back at hire him and we're going to put it to him. We might even be hiring for the purpose of firing. That type of a thing. Could be either way. It's a waste of time. I wouldn't even fool with them. Uh, and then they got to get into your medical. Are you vaccinated? I don't even work for you. Why are you, you know, see, that's why I'm, like, I'm not even on the phone with you anymore. Goodbye. Have a lovely summer. Have a blessed day. Inner circle indeed. Uh, let's see. Blessings to Al Sharpton. Other folks who dialed in with a hand up. If you have commentary to share, proceed. Can I be heard? Non-Clemson grad. Yes, sir. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, good evening to everyone. I got quite a couple of stories. I'll try to go through as fast as I can. Um, I first talked about the uh, work from home. I did get to work from home for a couple of months at the beginning of COVID. Um, it was very, very nice, relaxing. Stress levels went down. Matter of fact, one day during work from home, my friends and I, Another of my other black couple with my wife, we went boating on the lake during the work, work day. Um, I, my work my work for the day was done, so uh, went to go enjoy myself. You know, it's work hours. It was a beautiful, beautiful day on the lake boating. Um, interestingly enough, um, since then, of course, I've been back to work every day, five days a week. But um, recently, a new director started a black female, and one of the policies she wants to introduce is working one day from home every other week. So we'll see how that goes. 
interestingly enough, um, there was a black female director many years ago before I even got there. And um, she had really good policies at the time. So and so that people went to, um, at the county believe she had the best um, work policies in the entire county. But for whatever reason, they found a way to get rid of her. They downgraded her position, put her under another um, administrator, and they basically worked her out of the department. Um, she has since been going. That was probably a decade ago. Um, you asked me if I heard about uh, Cynthia Wiggins. Back during the Trump um, presidency, his transportation secretary erroneously said 96% of traffic incidents were human error. She misquoted a federal report. There's something called the, ha the Hayden Matrix, which can be found on the Federal Highway Administration website used for safety analysis. In this analysis, it looks at pre-crash, the crash, and the post-crash. This is then broken into four categories, including human, uh, human, vehicle and equipment, physical environment, and socioeconomic. To say that racism kills Cynthia Wiggins would put her incidents into pre-crash, uh, the pre-crash row, and physical and socioeconomic columns. A uh, public meeting. I've been having public meetings for work um, on this starting this um, this week. Just got back from one earlier today. Um, there was a man there from the local newspaper who takes pictures for the local newspaper. Um, personally, I've seen this man before, and he strikes me as a little bit learning disabled or mentally disabled, maybe even a little retarded. You know, pick your word. Anyway, um, I was wearing an orange shirt. I did hear what you say about wearing bright colors. Um, I will keep that in mind for the future. Nevertheless, um, orange, or like the orange shirt I was working, uh, wearing, is one of the um, colors for Clemson University. The man came over and asked if I went to Clemson, um, so which I say no, orange is just a nice color. And then he asked me if I played uh, um, football. Now, Gus, you have met me personally. Um, you know, you see how um, how tall I am, um, my size. Um, you know, I'm maybe at your size, you probably get a lot of uh, that, that um, trifling question about whether or not you play sports, because I think we're roughly the same size. Um, let's see. Now, I have a um, work story. My manager and the, office, um, and the administrative assistant in my office are happy that a white Republican county councilman lost his runoff election. The administrative assistant thinks that the councilman caused more damage, including to the Metropolitan Planning Organization, before leaving office. I do work for the Metropolitan Planning Organization, also referred to as an MPO. They said that since he became county chairman and appointed himself to the MPO, he has caused a lot of damage. I asked specifically what damage um, the councilman caused. The administrative assistant said removing um, said removing another white Republican councilman from the MPO policy committee. I responded that as county chairman, councilman has the right to remove the other councilman from the MPO policy committee and appoint himself. I reiterated my question and asked what damage has the councilman caused. The administrative assistant turned her head away and was no longer interested in the conversation or question. My manager said that the removed councilman cared about the issues in the MPO, implying that the other councilman chairman doesn't. At that point, it was the end of the conversation. I think I asked a very simple question, but even when white people are, clear, are clearly being problematic and corrupt, other people won't tell the truth. Personally, I'm not aware of what damage the councilman did or has, or has not done. Interestingly, my um, then director, now county administrator, said at the time that when the councilman became chairman, the county had been taken over by vandals. Second and final story. Um, I once um, talked about a story where there was a former county councilman who wanted to um, apply for a federal grant, but he basically he was grifting. Um, you know, whoever he, you know, do the, um, the grant with, he had to find a way to, you know, take a little money off the top or bottom, whatever, you know, however he gets his money. So 
basically because of me, me paying attention, I was actually able to get him to leave the grants. Um, but unfortunately, even though he formally said he leaving, he left the grant, um, he is still interfering with the grant process. So even though another entity has taken on the grant because they are more able and willing to do it, he is now calling in, um, you know, basically calling other people in the entity that's taken over the grant to say to, to offer his services. Of services, I couldn't tell you what. As far as I know, he has no particular um, particular skill set. Um, it was interesting because um, the person who took over the grant called me. No, before that even happened, uh, my manager asked me to share information about the grant with another entity that the um, that the uh, former councilman was working with. Um, to which I asked that appropriate, to which my manager said, yes, I don't see how. He has nothing to do with the grant anymore. Nevertheless, I complied with my manager. And um, I asked my manager, can I also let's, uh, make, um, you know, tell the current entity that's working the grant that the former councilman is interested in um, um, is still trying to work on the grants as well, too. To which my manager said, yeah, that's perfectly fine. And I did let that other person know. That other person then proceeds to call me back and say, um, he basically did not want to work with the councilman because he finds the councilman to be very, very problematic in the way that he works and um, basically doesn't trust him. I, I had that phone call recorded. Um, he um, doesn't see him as a trustworthy person and even finds him to be quite shady. I'm not sure about the exact word, but you get the idea. Very, very untrustworthy, um, in my opinion, trifling type of person. And I said, um, you have a right as a person who's leading the grant to go ahead and decide not to work with this person because you are the lead entity. If you choose to work with them, fine. If you don't, um, that's fine, too. But what I won't do is that I, you're the lead person. I'm only obligated to speak to you. Um, if he calls me, emails me, or contacts me, I will simply ignore his messages or simply relay them back to you because I have no obligation to listen to the man. Um, I'm the reason why um, he was removed from the grant and also why the federal government is looking uh, at this particular grant with increased scrutiny because I literally requested it because of what he was doing on the grant that just came up to me as grifting. Um, ironically enough, I did tell my friend here, just like, um, you know, you've heard that I give a little bit of advice to uh, the black African. I do have a friend here in South Carolina that I get advice from. And when things like this happen at work, I let him know. He called me about a day or two ago to let me know that with things like this, you know, especially about the part about um, the county councilman and um, whether that person should or should not have been removed or appointed himself, that uh, I need not say my opinion or even engage in these kinds of, um, kinds of conversations because it reveals too much about what I might think about a person or even an elected official. And he was absolutely right. Even though I might think a certain thing, um, I need not have a conversation with my coworkers, especially when they are white. So that was a mistake that I made. So with that, I mute my line. Hmm. Much obliged non-Clemson grad wearing the colors of Clemson they were probably thinking like ooh bet he played with Jameis Winston mm. it's on the national championship team maybe no didn't even go to the school pitchfork Ben Tillman um, I thought it was important he said uh, that they had the black female she worked there as supervisor. They said she had some of the best policies, getting things done and what efficient. Wow. Meh. 
got rid of her. I said that many times just because you are competent, great at what you do, you are classified as black. Yeah. Sometimes it seems that might even set you up for increased mistreatment. The fact that you are competent, good at what you do. Definitely got to get that nickel. We'll see what happens. He says the current uh, black female that's in charge now, she's trying to implement uh, every, I think he said every other week, you get to work from home one day. See, that they were talking about that with the four-day work week and all that, that all this is going to creep into being more mainstream now that people have experienced it. Have to see, particularly that by idea being pitched from a non-white person, we'll have to see. Hmm. Uh, let's see. He said the folks said uh, vandals have taken over the county. Like what? Vandals? What? What do you mean? <laughs> what? White people in their you know office conflicts and spats. Like my goodness, the n- name calling as well. Vandals. Wow. Uh, all of that. I remember him non-Clemson grad calling in to speak with us previously about this white person uh, doing the the grifting graft as they call it or what have you where he's going to put in see if we can get this grant and then oh get you know $200,000 grant they won't miss you know $70,000 here put that in my old pocket me and Fred divvy that up that type of thing I in fact I had that written down all the way back the news clip when they were talking about the four day work week they said white collar four times and then they added the non-profit industry is also looking to add this four day work week and I said man that the whole so called non-profit so many white people they use that for all kinds of graft schemes illegal activity dare I say shady that word certainly in the word guy probably would be if Mr. Fuller was a little bit younger Um, but yeah I remember him calling in to tell us about this guy before and just using questions to point out like what is what is going on here like what are you actually doing (laughs) as a part of this grant what services are you going to provide just asking questions to investigate getting more and even getting the federal government to investigate hey make sure everything is on the up and up here with this tax dollars right enough scrutiny the guy lead like that can be the result sometimes of just asking questions he leaves but he doesn't leave totally now from afar he's going to do some meddling sabotage All he did was share, and I love that. He says, hey, I'm going to go to my supervisor. Hey, let's go to the person who this is the lead on this grant and just make them aware of this. Okay. Contacts them, lets them know. They say, hey, I have concluded this dude is not cool. I do not want to work with them at all. Grant, I don't have to talk to them. Heard that before. I don't have to talk to them. I don't have to take any calls, no communication at all I think that is excellent what he said his own edit like hey this is what I'm going to do next time 
I don't have to give any sort of opinion, which I think is standard code in the workplace. Most of the time, it is probably going to be best for you not to for us not to volunteer our personal opinion uh, about somebody else in the workplace, what I think and what my experience and all this. I'm just reporting there's some probably somebody white, but somebody else they can make the determination whoever it is that's making the decision they really that's the only opinion that matters I'm just making a report I don't have a view opinion doesn't count anyway I'm just making a report no I don't have a view or opinion about all this I'm just making a report and really just asking a question about you know should I be talking to this person do you want to talk to this person blah 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 that's it love it I think that is the best and that way there's no way because we this is even in the book club right Joseph G. Christopher Joey he gets upset and blames black people consistently even sometimes where the black person didn't do anything he blames the black person for him losing his gun license he lost his gun license because he lost one of his guns that wasn't a black person's fault he blamed the black person for him losing his job security job it wasn't a black person's fault. He fell asleep repeatedly on the job. I don't have an opinion on this dude. I never had anything to say about it. The person who is the lead on the grant said, I don't like this dude. Not trustworthy, which is a big one. Ooh, alrighty. Nothing else to say. That's the best way I think that always, uh, really, in any situation, minimizing our views, opinions in the workplace. Most of the time that is not going to help solve problems. In fact, can create some new problems. Sometimes you have to get called in on the carpet about things that we said much better to just stay in the making reports and then uh, asking questions, the reports, then it just comes down to is this report accurate strive for accuracy. Uh, much of it, even that, that's why I said about individuals classified as white. They think differently than non-white people. What I mean is I can give lots of examples, but even that right there, you leave a project, but you don't leave from afar. I'm sabotaging and doing all this. I think most non-white people don't function that way they don't leave a work situation and then once they're gone they continue to meddle and disrupt and cause problems maybe you all have seen that I just don't tend to see that sort of thing individuals classified as white I see this sort of conduct all the time like I said hiring someone with the intent of mistreating them and firing them I've seen that with individuals classified as white. I just don't see that sort of conduct from non-white people. Let's see. Other folks who dialed in, the number again, 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. I did make sure I get in really quick I'll give out the email too 
Uh, he did say that fella came in. Maybe he's developmentally deva- delayed, uh, has some sort of mental problems or what have you. Who knows? Uh, but he comes in and says, hey, did you play with James Winston? You went to Clemson? He's got that orange shirt on. Mm-hmm. Football player. Mm-hmm. Now, even if he had been wearing, let's say, a brown shirt, not Clemson colors, a black shirt, summertime, let's go, kind of a, a neutral tan beige shirt maybe he would have still made that comment maybe not I don't know now if it started with Clemson if you're not wearing the orange maybe that conversation doesn't even get started I don't want to oversell because I mean hey that happens so frequently you easily could have had on you know whatever shirt uh, and been 20 years older and it could have went the exact same way so hey system of white supremacy just try to do our best to minimize but yes I did say I would minimize in fact in the workplace I would avoid those bright colors save all the orange I'm sure the melanin looks great maybe his wife picked it out for him I would save that for when you go out on the lake that is when you break out the orange and do it I mean stun on them hard on the lake I've been doing my chaturangas and pow office they're kissing people on the head craziness in the office racism uh, the number again 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate uh, let's see other folks who dialed in if you have commentary proceed can I be heard? Bay Area Mom. Yes, ma'am. I was going to have the E-40 okay. sound effect where uh, he would say, uh, I want to be saved when she dials in. I was like, man, that is so, like, not constructed. But anyway, yes, ma'am. Is I, is I, should I save her? Okay, I'm sorry. So, yeah. So, anyway, I'm in West Oakland blending in. And um, I'm doing my report. I had to take away from the nail, from the nail technician for this event that's supposed to curb the violence, and I don't know how. Anyway, workplace racism. So, this week was interesting for me. Third week of school. One week without the lady that quit on Friday, the Filipino young lady. Um, uh, I just got back on Tuesday. That's when I ended up talking to the principal. She pulled me out of the classroom to go over what my um, the BCBA went sent her an email on maybe that Thursday. Um, I just ran over kind of what I go with with, uh, you all and let them know, you know, that how abrasive the uh, conditions are. Um, The lady is real rough. Now, I didn't get to really report how rough she is with the little girl that looks like she has cerebral palsy, but she's a family. This is the white lady. The Filipino teacher is an older Filipino lady, and then there was a young Filipino um, behavioralist, and that was me, me and her. It was so we were the only ones that dealt with behavior. Um, the white lady totally dominates the class. I don't know if it's the language barrier for the Filipino. I don't know if it's because the Filipino looks at the white woman as American, 
I don't I don't know what it is, but she's able to do the white lady's able to kind of dominate the show and always she's buckets and buckets of words. So when she used the Charlie Brown analogy on me, um uh she was just saying, you know how I can Charlie Brown, you know, that I guess she was trying to say that the want want want. So if I talk, I'm it's that's how they the they the children hear me. I'm sure that's what somebody else told her because she uses a boatload of words, lots and lots and lots of, the teacher can't even give instruction without her re-instructing the instruction. It's like salt and pepper, it's a rap battle. It's, I, it's awful. So there's a black male that's been in there for the week. Um, younger male, looks like he's in his 20s. Maybe he's a paraeducator as well. Um, I'm sure he's going to school for whatever else, whatever he's doing. So um, he's the, uh, they treat him like he doesn't know anything. He doesn't deal with behavior to, you know, to that magnitude. He doesn't know anything about IEP or anything. He didn't know anything about IEP until today. Um, so the little girl, like I told the principal, was going to be the one that was affected the most when after this week. So, of course, she's back. She's falling out. The white lady's just pulling on her. She's real rough with the feeding. Um, we're not usually in there. I'm not, if I'm, I'm feeding the other, it's another guy in a wheelchair. Uh, he's more of a paraplegic and he doesn't talk. He's not vocal. I don't know what his disability is, but I feed him since there's nobody else there. The other guy, he, uh, I don't know. He's just there. And, um, in the AM and the white lady feeds the little girl that, uh, looks like she has cerebral palsy. So, um, She's pointing her fingers, don't get mad at me. And she always, she's always talking. And don't get mad at me. And one day when I first started, I might have called. There's another black girl in there. She's a 12th. She'll be 12th grade. She's real talkative. I think she used to live, go to school in Oakland, live in Oakland. She was taught a lot. So I, she talks to me. She's always, Miss Anso, da-da-da-da-da-da, in Oakland. I was like, you're absolutely correct. And she'll, hey, 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 we're not talking about that. Hey, 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 what did you do yesterday? She'll do anything to keep her from talking to me. She does that. So um, <laughs> I told the uh, principal that as well, that I'm not, because, you know, I, I was telling you how she was just cutting me off, telling me I can't talk, I can only talk, only can say yes or no, that kind of foolishness. So, um, and the principal is uh, black as well, the one over for summer school. Um, so she said, what can I, what can we do to uh, have you stay? I said, well, I'll stay to finish the, um, the rest of the summer because I don't want the children mistreated. It's only five in there. And um, one of them, and apparently it was an incident report done from when he just, all he did was display his behavior in his IEP. He wasn't being, or his BIP. He wasn't being, he wasn't attacking me, but the teacher, she wants to say yesterday, Oh, did you make up and tell his mom about when he uh, the incident? I was like, what incident? I was like, no, tell his mom what? All I did was ask her the questions she wanted me to ask her. It was nothing about asking questions. I just, uh, did you tell her about their behavior? I said all I did was ask her questions. It wasn't nothing to tell her. So she, I totally forgot. I totally forgot to tell to say something. I totally forgot. But she made up this whole issue report that I didn't even see. About, and he didn't attack me. All he did was, so he's trying to hug me. Around my neck. I have CPI training. I know I, they don't have training. This lady hollering and screaming. He grabbed the scissors, but he's not going to kill you. All you got to do is do your work, and you can tell what he's going to do, what he's not going to do. He didn't hurt me. He didn't do anything. And they all try to hug me or be up on me because I'm, I treat them decent. So anyway, 
I don't know what she told the mother, but the mother didn't bring him to school to death. So the other guy in the wheelchair didn't come to death. So the black male now is seeing the tension in the class and how all this stuff is going. So he's like, man, I said, I tried to tell you what you was walking into, but you was like, oh, I'm cool. I'm just lying my business. Now your business, they sitting there telling you, saying you don't do your work. So he, um, the little girl with cerebral palsy, she's accustomed to the white lady feeding her because she got to take over this, takes over feed, takes over everything. So she took over the feeding. So no big deal, feed. So uh, she's real aggressive, however she does it. So the little girl was um, roaming around. She wanted to get out of the classroom. So she's uh, walking by the lady. The white lady just keeps ignoring her. The only time she deals with her is that she's feeding her or when her and I go change her. Other than she'll, hi, girly. Okay, girlfriend. Okay, girlfriend. Girlfriend. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I haven't said it. So she, um, <laughs> she's real aggressive with the little girl. She's always yanking her. So she, when the little girl's in her harness, she gets in that to, so she can sit on the bus and maybe strap it on the seat on the bus. And so she's yanking her around. So yesterday, she's yanking the little girl all around. So the little girl had a rough day yesterday. So She's yanking her around and just keeps high. Just keeps yanking her around and yanking her in this harness. So she's really slamming her. Blah! The little girl hitting her head. And so the teacher is coming outside. She wants to talk to the little boy's mom. So I'm just looking at this, and everybody's looking at this, everybody that's waiting on the, the yellow buses to come pick the children up. So, yeah, I don't care. You can fall out. I don't care. I don't care. You can fall out, girl. I don't care about you being mad at me. And so I'm just looking, and I just turn away. So I, I work four hours too. So I'm about. So the teacher said, "Well, can you help? Can you work help her with her problem behavior?" And the problem behavior is the teacher. The antecedent is the teacher. The behavior this is the consequence. She's on the ground. So anyway, I should, I go over there to you know I'm like that's okay, baby. Your bus is coming. Don't say that to her. She you she's all, you're making it worse. And I just said, well, you know what? I'm out. You can deal with this. And I left. So the teacher was telling the lady, be careful, be careful, because she saw how aggressive she was being with her, and everybody else was looking too. But she needs that white lady because she's the only flunky that's going to deal. Do, they both uh, feed off of each other, however. So come the next day, after I take the little girl for a walk, she wants to tell me, because that's when I met some other teacher. She was going to another classroom way down the hall to another classroom where the teachers are nicer, and she recognizes the classroom. She recognizes the voices and everything. So they was like, well, you can stay over here for a little while. I was like, no, she's a guy, the guy right here. They already sent him to come get me to make her go back in class. So I was talking to the principal, and I said, this is, she's not doing anything but trying to break out of class. It shouldn't be, she shouldn't have to break out of class. She should be able to walk around because she does nothing, no academics. And the goals, the ABA goals that were in place for her, she didn't want to do those until the BCBA came in on Wednesday. And then she's like, oh, no, the bigger misunderstanding was going on with in here. Oh, stop it. Everybody knows you guys are full of mess. So the... The little girl's just roaming around. So the principal came in and said, uh, in between, in this meeting that this teacher called. So she wants to call this meeting and say how we're not doing anything and how the white lady's doing everything. And she shouldn't have to be the only one dealing with the girl with the cerebral palsy. And she's not. She just takes over. So 
She's like, and just like, you know, you, how you just left her outside when she was having a problem behavior and you just left her. You, I said, I went to go help her. And she said, she, she, she said, whatever I said, she just said that I was making it worse. I get up. I said, you can't even talk because she's got to be in control of talking. I get, I get. And I said, and so she said, so no, what, what, what happened? I said, I'm telling you what happened. She said she didn't need me. So if they're resistant, I'm not going to force my help. She got it. Oh, I didn't know. Did, uh, did that happen, Mr. So-and-so? Well, 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 I don't remember, but I, I was, she said something and she was already mad to the, and she was already mad and, um, but she was just making it worse. And then, oh, she was making it worse. Okay. Okay. See, I didn't know she was making it worse. And see, see, so you guys, so you, it's, it's you, you left her. She's only supposed to work. So no more. She's not going to the bus anymore. She's going to get off at 1215 and you come at 830 and get off at 1230 and you get the kids on the bus. I said, look, lady, I don't care. I don't have a problem with any of this stuff. All I'm saying is you, it's only one instructor. And I say every time you open your mouth, she want to finish the rhyme. It's not, it's, it's only one instruction. And she overrides everything you say. She got, no, I, I, I said, can I talk? Can I talk? Or do you want to talk for me too? Let her talk. Let her talk. Let her talk, Mr. So-and-so. Let her talk. But this don't make no sense. So when the principal came in, that's when she started to throw the black boy under the bus, like, and then trying to throw me in there, too. And you were late, and you don't help. And he's like, I do help. I do do that. I just asked Missy Lane, since she knows you better, the, the, the lady better, then can she help? Can she do something? Help with the little girl instead of ignoring her. She ignored her 29 times. I counted. And so she's like, well, you say that I'm more familiar with her, but I, I only deal with her in the summer. I don't really know her. But when yesterday when we were talking, you were telling us, well, I know her because we live in the same building, so I know her. But she doesn't know her from living in the same building. She just saw the bus in the building, and then she just created her own scenario around it within these past three weeks. So anyway, I, uh, I, I, I just led my case a bit, talked to some of the other teachers there. They said, when I took the little girl to the bus, she was not falling out. You didn't have to shake her. You didn't do anything. She just wants to go to the sun. Come to find out, this girl is legally blind. So none of these dummies, they got the doors. They got the doors. She's, got, she's closed in. She's trying to leave the doors. They're trying to close her in. She's trying to break out because she feels trapped. So the principal said the reason they never close the doors. They leave them open so she can wander around. Because if not, she'll feel trapped. Not wander around unsupervised, but so she can be free. She doesn't have, she, she's going to give me some paper and pencil. Have her color. I said, has she ever color? This lady is ignoring me. I said, hey. And she's focused on the ones that do talk, the two that do talk. And, oh, like those are the prodigies, like she put something into them, her and that white lady. I'm asking you, lady. So I'm, I'm like, hey, Mrs. such and such. So she ignored me. I'm like, all right, no problem. Keep ignoring me. I'm just going to leave it like that. No problem. I put those color crayons up. But I didn't find out until we were getting on the bus that she was legally blind. So now, next week, I'm going to really give them the news because you idiots are sitting in here and you don't know nothing. And you're just wasting this girl's time and got her trapped in this classroom. I took her out the most she's been out in three weeks. You guys are insane. So um, they're supposed to do something for the, uh, the starting in, for August, too, because this is the last week. I have one more week, and that's the last week. 
and then come August, they're going to uh, fix something or create something to where this doesn't continue to happen. And um, thank you for taking my call. I'll mute my line. Well, that is extraordinarily embarrassing. Like, what an indictment for the school system in Oakland, California. Like, wow. And we just talked about that yesterday. Frickin' absolute madness. Catherine Pellinero, Session 8, Chris, Joseph G. Christopher, vision problems. Growing up, think that contributed to his uh, poor academic record and him dropping out of school. We talked about non-Clemson grads said he had to move, get real close to the board because he needed glasses. Growing up, we were talking about that yesterday. That is disgraceful. Legally blind. I think they said that was Joseph G. Christopher. Legally uh, blind without his glasses. That is uh, disgraceful. Dr. Welsing, again, you play around with sex. The joke is on the offspring. Mm. That is disgraceful in so many ways. Um, incidentally, now within you know all of that disgrace, now so we got a call. So this is the second time, non-white person who's gainfully employed contacted on it. What what can we do to keep you? Can we get you back? We come back to to work with us. Gas card raise especially since with this job and this is the same one literally just a few days ago you were hassling me about salary oh we can't pay you all that for this you know we only allow you know a few nickels for coons who work this job i mean my goodness we don't give out that much money this isn't this isn't white collar work here this is hey i'm experienced i'm trained i've worked with children i've done this for a long time academic rather too trying to get my master's you know, come on. Ooh, ooh, I don't know. Now, what can we do to keep you? My same thing. They got lots of those labor shortages, especially in the classroom. I would make sure, hey, I should be compensated like I am a valued member of the team. Now, within all of that, <clears throat> it's so many things. I mean, you got you got the black male she says new black male gets hired he comes in he doesn't know what's going on he didn't even know what an IEP was like he sounds like he wasn't well trained for this at all set up to fail which happens pretty regularly now that's an interesting case study anyway because if he's in this environment so is this a black male who's actually training to be an educator like to teach in the classroom like wow they don't even allow you to exist do you know how dangerous your situation is I think it sounded like she said she tried to reach out and talk to him like hey I got it I got it (laughs) that's why I said many cows listeners have said hey I don't even do that in the workplace like hey United Independent non-white people they're on their own in the workplace like hey you got it you'll figure it out I get it not everybody, but some people do take that position. Um, 
So he's there. He said, now they're going around and said, ah, you don't even do his work. Already, you know, besmirching his quality of work and competence. No count Negro male, so we already expect that to happen. Uh, then she gets to Bay Area Mom. She had told us last week to let her, Shh. you don't say anything. Don't talk at all. You don't do any thinking. Don't do any speaking. Yes, no, that's it. Nothing else. Like, dang. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> Dr. Wells used to talk about that. Like, don't do any thinking. You just sit here and yes, no, nothing else. Don't question. Don't think why. You just do what I say. Shh. Children don't even want to hear you anyway. Like, dang, did they say that? <laughs> like, what in the world? When did they When did they tell you they didn't want to hear from me? Uh, and then uh, they come with that girlfriend. Girlfriend. Now, personally, that for me falls in line with the same. You know, we talked about this for years in a workplace setting where white people, they get with all their uh, ghetto slang with the black people. Girlfriend and what's happening, partner and all the rest of it. Any other time they're professional and, you know, sound like a normal person. Then when the black people, they you know got to break everything out that they've been waiting to say. Uh, the yanking, because we hear this all the time. We've heard this for weeks and talking about, you know, the, the people that Bay Area mom has worked with. How are you yanking on a student like period, much less that she's got cerebral uh, palsy like how are you yanking when then she's legally blind on top like I was just what I said that before like I thought we're working with like emotionally challenged students and they've had some trauma or legally blind or all of this like you the staff should be like extraordinarily patient highly trained I mean best of the best that's not what we have here at all (laughs) like they incompetent impatient surly rude like are you serious unprepared I mean what in the world yeah like a disgraceful indictment uh, of schools in in the Bay Area I mean what in the world is this what you know the regular children get my goodness I mean it would have to be astronomically better to be like oh wow feel a little bit better about the rest of the tykes down in the Oakland area my goodness 510 is struggling Uh, she says uh, and then when they're going back, when they're going through all this exchange later on and fussing about the whole bus situation, and they find out she's legally blind, like my gosh, uh, where she says that they had this child caged, shackled uh, for however long you know she's been participating in the program. Bay Area mom's been the only one that you know. Hey, let's try and go out and get a little sunlight, move around. You're not a prisoner that's supposed to be in school. Get out of here! What are you doing? They come busted her and I'm like, are you serious? Are you serious? They come back and fuss at the black dude in the middle of all this too, saying he was late and you don't have like 
this sort of uh, environment where you end up with a lot of these white women who are in charge at various levels, administrative, classroom, all throughout, uh, and they just get to be tyrants. They can do whatever they want and get paid pretty well, you know, to harass and abuse everybody, special needs, students, staff, like everybody. Just be a complete terrorist. I mean, man, uh, this is exactly why I would be. I have got to get that master's in something administrative so I could be a superintendent because, yes, I do not want to be in this environment. This is not constructive. And if I can get that master's so I can be a superintendent, maybe I can see so that we stop hiring people like this for this job where we can help get rid of them a little bit faster. That is the ticket. But I mean, wow, that is... Uh, you play around with sex. The joke is on the offspring. She even said they fabricated. They got to make up an incident report. Had the little black boy who just tried to give her a hug. Like, my goodness don't have any support nourishing nurturing from any of the staff like the only person to come in hey let's go outside get you away from this desk so you don't have to feel like an inmate oh let's go do something and chat it up with them all that that they feel a bond a connection and try to give a hug and that's not oh he's reaching out. hey 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 we do have the rona now you know back up watch your space all that which would fine no problem no 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 incident report up oh, yet Remember yesterday he tried to strangle you. Yep, got to write that one up. Yep, yep, mm-hmm, yep, yep. Got those rape and tendencies, you know. Got to write that down. Joke is on the offspring. Bay Area mom. Uh, masters. Get that masters that way. Get out of that environment. Because, man, that is... Uh, that's just awful. I mean, yeah, man, can't believe. Well, not that I can't believe it. Definitely strike that from the record. I can believe it, but man, to just every day that is that is standard operating procedure throughout the classrooms across the U.S. Think about that before you hit the bedroom. Uh, all right, let's make sure we get all of the emails in as we proceed through the broadcast let's see uh, other folks who wrote in for workplace racism uh, okay our victim who wrote in or has been writing in she has a white female supervisor and then the non-white female who reports to her the non-white female who maybe had COVID of late uh, so she writes in this week she, this week she says the non-white female who allegedly reports to me continues to overshare I believe she bleaches too, like skin bleaching creams. Hmm. This week, I was treated to information on her bowel movements, which she repeated five times during one conversation, apologizing if she interrupted my breakfast as I was working from home. 
For the record, she has never interrupted me or seen me eating, so she was being extra trifling. Not that it was a big deal if I was eating. She relayed the story on her bowel movements one more time on the following day. It's honestly like dealing with a child. She keeps interrupting me to deal with her issues, which in the end turn out to be nothing. Once she contacted me via the chat function because she was feeling extra hot. I told her to go home if she doesn't feel up to being in the office and take sick leave. She then told me she would look for a fan. An hour later, she interrupts me again to let me know she is fine and that the fan helped. This is extreme attention-seeking behavior, and in my mind, I'm screaming. I also understand why her former extremely posh white manager would call her every two hours. It's so irritating. I'm going to find a way to discourage her from contacting me. I'm very sure she has daily calls with my racist manager who gives her extra attention, the attention she craves. None of the racist suspects care about the non-white black female. They use her to spy on other non-white black people and reward her by giving her attention. Cheap and effective. That does work for many, many, many victims throughout the galaxy just getting a little bit of attention from a white person white validation sometimes they don't even have to really say anything complimentary about you or they can give you a cheap compliment like you're so bubbly you speak so well hmm She continues, the non-white black female and my racist manager slip up from time to time, letting me know they have been meeting. It's clear they are trying to hide their chats from me, but the interesting thing about this is I have never stated I had an issue with them meeting, even though it has led to conflict between me and the non-white black female, I really don't care. The more time they spend together, the less time they have to bother me. I'm just trying to learn as much as I can before I move on. The suspected racist white male terrorist who likes to bully non-white, non-black females left the organization today. Hoorah! He said his goodbyes, informing us very confidently that he may work for the organization again in the future. He's probably welcome back. I don't doubt him at all. The non-white black female who allegedly reports to me gave me more information on his terroristic behavior. Apparently, it was so bad, the whole department submitted a complaint about him. Everyone apart from the non-white black female. She stated she would never do that. I bet she would report you. (laughs) Oh, she already did. Remember, she got up in the meeting and said, uh, Oh, yeah, she didn't even give me the assignment. She's over here, oh, lazy heifer in the middle of the staff. <laughs> she uh, she ratted out our caller, I think, unless my memory is bad. But, wow, like, now that alone, I cannot think of anyone that I've ever worked with where everyone in the department submitted a report like, wow, this person's behavior is a tr-. Like, whoa. 
how is this person still employed? <laughs> like, I, everybody in the department is lame or crazy or, you know, whatever. Everybody. I'm sus- I'm assuming this would have to be a lot of white people that this person has bothered. Jeez. What the now that right there, I could not imagine black female, black male, whatever. I could not imagine where they are allowed to keep a job where everyone in the department hates their guts. Maybe I'm wrong. She continues, apparently he would undermine her former non-white, non-black manager who used to report directly to him by bypassing her to allocate work to the non-white black female and have separate meetings with her. She thought it was unfair the way he treated the non-white, non-black female. I found it fascinating as this is the dynamic between the non-white black female, myself, and my racist manager. I said nothing. Good job. He would conduct her one-to-one meetings whilst walking around the office. He's quite tall. She is quite short and very overweight, so she struggled to keep up with him, but had to go along with it. My summation is that the racists have unjustly networked and the non-white black female, non-white black female is on the list of non-white people who racists can use as a tool for the unjust acts of racists they practice in the workplace. Woolly-minded, over-promoted, incompetent, Carrie is still not working hard. She tried to get me to do her work today. I left her to get on with it and logged off for the weekend. That is something like white people are extraordinary, like pawning off and they have so many different ways of doing it. Sometimes it can become a group effort, but pawning off their work on non-white people. And then they still come back in to take the credit for getting it done. Uh, She says to the caller who asked if I have records of the comments, racist gifts, emojis, etc. that my manager leaves in the chat. She also does the same by email. So there are plenty of examples. I'm actually glad she keeps doing it because for the most part, she is very refined. The gifts, emojis and misspelling my name. Let me know exactly what she thinks of me. Exactly. Thanks for the platform, indeed. Um, yeah, I would just say because we've had so many people. Like I said, I think it was somebody who said they wanted to make that like a research project, and it seems like there's more and more data, like people looking at that, and particularly within the context of like uh, gifts and emojis used to promote racism, and then even more specific within uh, like a workplace setting. There's so much of that they've had to make like policy. Uh, adjustments about you know sharing that sort of content uh, in the workplace or the, even if it's like virtual work like Zoom where we're talking Zoom text emails whatever it is all of that um, that that has had to be more regulated and what have you so yeah and that's 
right, all of that you can just save immediately and we've had folks for years who've talked about seeing this sort of content uh, being shared that's why I said that Redskins uh, investigation with the Washington football team let's go ahead and get the full report that was a part of that too so yeah just file all of that away date time and images or whatever misspellings of the name all of that and those little chats because I think it was uh, it was one of the chats that they have where it disappears or something within 30 minutes or something where she said it was seeming like they were deliberately putting some of the conversation in this chat so that there would be no record of whatever you know tacky racist comments are said screenshot or just record the whole session as some of the folks are talking about too until justice at gmail.com is the email until justice at gmail.com the number 720-716-7300 the code Five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Uh, let's. Mm. Okay, it's crazy. Uh, other folks who dialed in, if you have commentary to share, uh, our caller in Florida should be with us. Uh, any other folks, if you have commentary, if we missed you totally, hand up. We will nab you. Soon, folks are taking a moment to get their thoughts together while folks get their notes or thoughts, whatever they need to share. We should be here tomorrow. Compensatory call in 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we'll catch up on what a week it's been. My goodness, the prime minister uh, resigns in Great Britain. Former prime minister is assassinated uh, in Japan. Uh, they had the shooting. Uh, at Highland Park, the parade for uh, July 4th, Highland Park is on the list as a suspected sundown town, so-called. Uh, I mean, that's just short listing uh, of things that have happened uh, and in addition to many, many other uh, incidents. But I mean, wow, it's been quite uh, an eventful seven days or so. We will try our best to make sense of uh, some of the news and events tomorrow uh, and then we should also be here Monday as well we'll have more uh, reporting on but we the context of white supremacy are the syllabus as it relates to the May 2022 massacre Topps grocery store Eastside Buffalo we are the syllabus more information coming uh, should be Monday but in terms of the history uh, about Cynthia Wiggins mentioned today non-Clemson grad like we are the syllabus uh, if you want to learn the history of racism uh, in Buffalo and why did this massacre happen and who is Joseph G. Christopher already mentioned today 
go back over the cows archives and or just keep listening more information to come related to buffalo very specific detail will covering all areas of people activity as it relates to buffalo and the system of white supremacy much of it would apply globally not just nationally anywho uh let's see uh other folks with us still spectating getting their thoughts together where they have info to share taking a moment to get their thoughts or ideas together we shall see uh, while folks are thinking to say we have our compensatory call tomorrow should have other guests coming uh, with relation to Buffalo separately coming and uh, our rebroadcast which I'm so excited for should be coming uh, I don't think next week but within the next 10 days buddy Dr. Frances Cress Welsing she was with us uh, 2013 summer of the oh man it was like uh, nine years ago this month she was with us it's right after the uh, Trayvon Martin murder trial in Florida she's on the program she uh, given her response we talked about the trial and everything she's given her commentary and she says you know sobriety would be best none of this drugs and cannabis and blah 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 and we talked about legalization and she gave her views uh, and folks dialed in on the subsequent compensatory call in that was this was she was with us on a Sunday and so six days later that compensatory call in non-white people dialed in one of the few times I can even think of like other times, Dr. Dr. Welsing, all the times that she was with us and gave her views and commented on different things, sobriety would be best. You know, play around with sex. The joke is on the offspring. Reading is more important than watching television. Black self-respect is more powerful than a nuclear weapon. Like all the different things she said, no one ever had, you know, vociferous opposition to what Dr. Welsing had to say, except when she said oh no we don't need all that cannabis and drug legalization like I know we don't need all that that's you know not going to be constructive for black people that was the one time that I can think of where people calling and like man Dr. Wells doesn't know what she's talking about she's talking crazy like woo, we are going to revisit what was said on that broadcast it should be I think uh, the week after next uh, because we, I think we can schedule it so we'll be able to hear uh, the replay of that segment and then the following day we should have a different doctor a medical doctor on the program uh, who's working in California to see if they can get uh, the what is it the uh, branding on all of their cannabis products uh, to say that this product may cause psychosis and other mental problems which is exactly what Dr. Welsing said nine years ago this month July 2013 folks Dr. Welsing is crazy what is she talking about cannabis giving you hypnosis get on out of here Dr. Welsing we'll replay 
And then we'll hear from the doctor who's come to the exact same conclusion. That should be later in the month, summer of 2022 context of white supremacy. And I do want to say for the record, while folks are spectating, even though this is not per se racism, white supremacy related, but man, we've had the worst weather ever in Seattle this summer and the leaves have actually started changing color this week. I missed miffed stupefied um the leaves normally begin changing color in July but it's normally the end of the month now last summer I even noted it did start a little bit early it was like the middle of the month but I mean the week of July 4 and the leaves have started changing colors summer of 2022 already ending in Seattle didn't even start it was 56 degrees on on Sunday that's what I it was the high for the day not it got it dropped down to 50 the high for the day was 56 degrees on Sunday July 3rd that was our warm up for the fireworks and such 56 degree July Sunday worst summer ever that is coming to an end quickly I guess thank goodness if that's all we're going to get is 56 degree days anywho uh, suffering through cold weather and all coldest winter ever the summer of 2022 in Seattle Washington they tell me there are heat waves in other parts of the country not here uh, folks have commentary, workplace racism, they needed to get in other comments, observations. Yes, uh, Gus, um, you said something that was interesting, and, and I must say I was suspicious of this about the employer that keeps calling me back because I have seen in the past they have mistreated um, countless um, employees there. So I was also thinking that, like, they can get me back just to mistreat me. So, you know, that, that's, you know, that's, that's definitely, um, definitely, um, you know, something that, uh, you know, that I thought about. And, you know, like, again, you know, I've, I told you the, the setback I have with the truck, so I'm getting the tractor trailer. So I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just looking forward. You know, it's, it's really, you know, it's really like no need to look back. Even if uh, something was to happen with the employer that I'm working for now, um, listen, I'll I'll make do without um, that uh, that other that other company. Um, being though that I went back to this other job from the injury, so I think it was more or less uh, a, I can say a restart for me, like a a reboot. So I'm going in there with a cold. Um, I'm just kind of just, you know, keep it to myself. I had issues with other uh, people that work for this company, other employees, uh, other coworkers. Um, we deal with equipment. When my cold is, none of that equipment is mine. Um, that's something that happens often. 
I told you about there was a fight between a supervisor and another employee, and it was over equipment. The particular person wanted to know where their equipment is. That is not your equipment. That is not my equipment. So I'm just basically going in with a code. Um, keep in mind, I, I do have a lawsuit with this particular company and one of their customers, so I'm going to keep that in mind. Any correspondence that I have with them is going to be through text message and email. You know, so that's basically going to be my code until I'm able to, uh, you know, move along once I buy the track the trailer and just can just basically walk off the job um, completely. So, um, and even with the, 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 and back to the coworker that kissed me on the head, um, I learned from him too. I don't really divulge too much information because that particular coworker I noticed. And when I was saying he would say little tacky things to me before the kiss on the head, um, I let him know that my grandfather, uh, great grandfather was a rabbi, black Jews, black, you know, practiced the Jewish faith. So once I told him this, I mean, he would just always try to test my knowledge on Judaism. Uh, listen, I'm not Jewish. I don't practice the faith. My grandfather is a rabbi. But he would get in front of other coworkers. Oh, you know, you, you know, a uh, victim from New Jersey is Jewish. And so from then on, I learned, I said, listen, I don't really discuss nothing about my family, nothing private with these people. So that's just, that's something that I've, learn from that other employer that I was at. So I'm going to keep on keeping on. I think that's a song. Keep on keeping on. I don't know if it's a song or not, but they, they say it's a salutation if it's not a song. If it's not a song, it should be. Keep on keeping on. Um, Context of white supremacy. Keep on keeping on. Uh, I'm no sharing. I think uh, non-Clemson grad talked about that uh, before in terms of not volunteering like a lot of unnecessary information and your opinions about other colleagues and what have you and their work uh, and <clears throat> just not doing a lot of unnecessary divulging, you know, going into what well, my my grandfather, you know, was a black rabbi and all this like, why am I sharing that with my coworkers? And then for that, they take that. Oh, did you know victim in New Jersey is Jewish? I didn't even say that. Now you're going out and, and putting out misinformation and all of this. Why are you doing this? Oh, this is to get back to mistreating me so I can come out and <clears throat> do pop quizzes. Test your knowledge about Judaism. I didn't tell you I was Jewish. Now I want to come out here and quiz you in front of everybody. We got this whole fake Jew here trying to trick us. Act like I never said I was Jewish. Why even share this information to begin with? Incidentally, that doesn't seem like uh, I'm not a, an expert on Judaism either or any other religion. Trying to study the religion of white supremacy. But I mean most of the faiths that I know that's not you know is that what is that in the code like you meet someone 
And oh, I got to now quiz them. Do you know the faith? <laughs> like, really? Is that where is that? Point that out to me. That's where you're supposed to behave. I've never heard that. Maybe that's why I'm a heathen, worthless Negro from Virginia. Um, if the, unless my memory is bad, I think victim in New Jersey, I think he had talked to us before about on his job with some of the other folks who were not white where they ended up having, you know, a, a slight verbal tiff and going back and forth. They got into politics and all of that. Having a code is so important. And then acting out that code consistently, you're fine as needed, but Hey, I am not going to be here. Jen, some of it is just revolving around the same thing in terms of what you say. And I'm not just opening my mouth just to be talking. Yum, 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 and yum, yum, yum. And yum. That's how we end up. What about Al Sharpton? Wasn't even talking about Al Sharpton. But that's one. You minimizing when all we're talking about is the workplace. That's it. Not talking about anything else. Not talking about Donald Trump. Not talking about Al Sharpton. Black people's conduct in the U.S. None of that. Just the job. And even the even that conversation is codified as he said, hey, this here platform we have said for at this point years on that job. This is not my truck. This is not my forklift. This is not my office not my desk not my pen it's not even my job they fire me today I'm allowed to use this car to use this forklift whatever it is 747 jet anything I am allowed to use this probably under surveillance for a certain specified amount of time that's it that allowance can be revoked at any time. White people can show you better than I can tell you. It is amazing the number of brawls, conflict problems that end up popping up as he talked about people behaving as though this is their property. It's not. That can reduce so many problems right there and even just internal stress when you let go of all this is not my I don't care how nice it is this is not my office it's not my furniture they can take all this stuff right now unless you're working from home like hey I'm not going to be comfortable I don't have any pictures up none of that this is your stuff can't get comfortable like that in the workplace especially you get so comfortable where you're fussing with other people about a third party's property like are you serious come on now they come in here and fire us all for this and all of us leave without the truck or forklift or whatever it is that we're you know sitting and messing up you messed up my you know whatever forklift and all that actually it's Acme's forklift and all you niggers are fired. Get out. Don't touch that forklift on your way out either. 
Let's see. Oh, they got the fire truck. Man, I saw so many fire trucks this week. I think some of it is 4th of July related because I think I did see some reports that those fireworks, uh, in addition to the parade shoot, like that's whole, you know, separate thing. But in addition to that, there were just the usual uh, fireworks and alcohol and, you know, all the rest of it. Sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy. That doesn't even add in Highland Park type situation like wow uh, let's see oh yeah in the higher ministry yeah see that right there I said I don't think many non-white people would think that but racists can be very vindictive vengeance get this non-white person particularly when they say something like we're going to make you a part of the inner circle. What? I don't even know what you're talking about. Do they have an inner circle room? Do y'all have meetings? Like what? Is there, is there an application process to the inner circle? Does that come with a pay raise? Most importantly, I can put that on my application that I didn't just work for the company. I was in the inner circle. That is for sure one. Can I get that in writing? I will be made a part of the inner circle upon rehire. <laughs> like what in the world? Come on, man. Come on. When I was, that's another why I say with those metaphors, when I was more confused like that, with, wow, I'm going to be a part of the inner circle. Like what? Like, wait till I go tell my friend. I'm going back to where I'm going to be part of the inner circle, man. Y'all even seen. Like, what? Now, what does that mean exactly? Do you get to participate in picking the lunch menu for the club meeting once a month? Do you get to pick what's in the vending machines out in the break room? Do you get a raise, most importantly? No, <laughs> I tell what what the what does that mean exactly? What what benefits do you get as a result of being a part of the inner circle? Even your friends, you go and brag and boast to all of them. Go tell my got to be hired. They're gonna make me part of the inner circle. Like what? She says, oh, and she's bragging all her friends and what ha what they doing in the inner circle? I don't know. You've been there a month. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, come on, man. Come on. Come on. That white people are killer with that. They are. I mean, and I mean that literally because, man, you end up going back and they kill you. Don't even get to find out with you. I mean, they are sticking it back. We got you now. Nah, nah, nah. Like I thought. Mm. White people can be extremely racist. Can be extremely vindictive. right there with the deception. That key, the metaphor. If they really want to hide, they always know money talks, man. Like, hey, your salary 
was $50,000. We really want you back. We're going to make it 80000 Hmm. Now I might have to at least think about that. That's how you get people's attention. Your, your salary was $50,000, $100,000. Whoa. I might have to think about that. Not going to block that number. Inner circle. Just write it down. That's what you, I mean. <laughs> come on, man. Don't be. It's 2022, man. Write it down. You know how to get people's attention. If you really want their services, white people know how to go after someone for hiring purposes. They also, they know how to troll you. Like, woo. They are professional trollers. That sort of behavior where I blocked your number and you find another block number to dial me from, that sounds more like trolling as opposed to we offered you $70,000 last time, $90,000. What is it going to take, man? Write down a figure. That's how you get someone's attention, not calling me from a blocked number. Trifling all the way. Someone else wrote in uh, as well. Uh, anybody that's in the inner circle on your job, because I've never been there, you can write in and let us know what benefits do you get from the inner circle. Person wrote in, they said, uh, greetings, cows. I'm uh, the black male from New York who wrote in a few weeks ago about my medical leave due to stress on the job. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I wanted to give an update about my experience thus far and also offer a quick thought on the dress attire at the workplace. I'm doing better from my initial hospitalization and have been on leave since early June. I'm scheduled to remain on leave through August, right on, which leaves plenty of time to catch up on the cows. I must acknowledge getting placed on leave from your doctor and getting approved for medical leave at your workplace are two different things. The time it took for my doctor to place me on leave to my leave being approved by my employer via third party was two to three weeks. I just received my first disbursement for FMLA this week. I have been fortunate enough to have set aside a few coins to sustain my quality of life during this process, but the burden this process had on my already severely compromised mental health could not be overstated. Just again, for the record, there are many reasons, even if, hey, let's say that that did happen. Uh, you get, hey, write down, what, what salary do you need for us to, to hire you back? 80000 90000 100000 Okay, that's yours. Fine. Let's say you do get that. That is not the time we are popping bottles. We are buying every new car and splurging what they call it revenge traveling. You know, we are taking every trip and just spend, 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 spend. Want to be frugal, said prudish with the wardrobe, frugal with the finances. Race soldiers can change things very quickly. Save some of those nickels. Something like this happens where you have to go two, three weeks. Could be a month. It could have been two months. 
of, you know, confusion, chaos about all of this. Have enough funds set aside. Hey, something like this takes place. I'm okay. That's stressful anyway, even if, as he stated, he had money saved and it was still stressful, which I would imagine it would be. Sit here and are white people going to approve this and what if they don't and blah, blah, blah and all the rest of it. And then it taking all this time, like under these circumstances, two to three weeks. That is a good chunk. of. I mean, let's say it's three weeks. That's 21 days. It's almost a month. When you're already stressed. Being frugal to begin with and then that can can help you get through that process with slightly less stress because white people will make it you know stretch it out as they say so that things will not be efficient this process maybe could have taken a couple days maybe even one day we'll make it take three weeks he continues uh, the only saving grace was that I have a black PCP which is incredibly which is incredibly vital through this process who was patient with me as as knew how stress and knew how stressful the situation was for me he reassured me how uh, he reassured me having spent decades providing documentation for medical leave that giving my case not only what I get leave but that would be no question that I would get the full 12 weeks if needed that I did I could not imagine how this could have gone with a white physician could have been way neck or way worse I will say uh, next uh, towards work attire I work in a large hospital system in New York City I have before and during the pandemic I always maintained a particular dress code if I am wearing a button-up shirt I am wearing a tie no exceptions as my father instructed plus one for black fathers also due to orthopedic issues I generally have to spend coin on my footwear however I always wear dress shoes and due to my size 12 feet they are very hard to miss. Thus, I do stand out from a professional standpoint compared to every other male on the unit who, who tend to dress very relaxed. So much so that staff and patients on the unit tend to remark on my presentation, especially as I am the only black male on the floor. They appreciated the professionalism it conveys. I have heard, on the other hand, unsavory, <laughs> delectable Negro word, unsavory remarks about the attire of my colleagues. On the other hand, I do think it can be a problem as it can draw attention if one is doing the opposite of your environment. It is better to be dressed appropriately. Uh, I would agree uh, very much so. See, I think that's the better way to go. Just. I'm here. I'm going to be professional. I'm already going to stand out because I'm a Negro. White people don't even allow black male doctors. So since I'm going to be here, I'm not going to be wearing Jordans and, you know, saggy sweatpants or whatever it is. 
I'm going to be professional, look like I'm a doctor that I went to graduated med school, you know, with honors, magna cum laude, as they say. Um, I would much rather stand out that way. Not saying you got to wear a three piece suit every day, but just saying, uh, hey, I'm going to be professional with my work attire. And at the same time, uh, as the standing out, I don't want to stand out with my wardrobe per se. I would rather stand out just with my performance and then, oh, yes, I'm a nigger in the system of white supremacy. But, yeah, uh, being professional for the environment, you do not want it to be. You are the one that they're like, man, he's coming in here. He's supposed to be a doctor. He's coming in here wearing sandals, and shorts and cut off jeans. What is going on? You do not want that to be you as a victim of white supremacy. Anywho, uh, let's see. Much obliged, our caller or, yes, caller in, no, not caller, person who wrote in, there we go, in uh, blackmail in New York. Uh, let's see. Other folks who dialed in. If you have, oh, and correct my error, I said Jameis Winston before. He did not go to Clemson. I meant Deshaun Watson, blackmail rapist suspect. Deshaun Watson, uh, he went to Clemson. That's who I was saying. Yes, that's who they thought non-Clemson grad was teammates with Deshaun Watson, not Jameis Winston. Mixed up my black males. Shame on Gus T. Uh, let's see. Other folks who dialed in with commentary to share. Proceed. Can I be heard? Caller in Florida. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to that's the host, the listeners and callers. Uh, there was a report that I got just to start out with. Um, there's a, a black female that, that does the payroll and she apparently uh, got sick. So she couldn't be into the, uh, she couldn't come into the office and the race soldiers, racist suspects, they apparently were having trouble doing the payroll and everything. So uh, it got to the point to where they had to call her on the phone even while she's sick, you know, and had her waiting on the phone for a long time to try to, I guess, get instructed correctly to, to do the payroll and everything. You know, I heard it with really tacky uh, to the point where she uh, was asked to come into the office, you know, while being sick. And then I noticed that when I dropped off the the mail bin that she had the door closed and I heard someone coughing behind the uh, closed door. So I'm assuming that was her. So that was just one of the uh, scenarios I wanted to report where, they had to depend on the, the black person to do the job correctly because they were, uh, at least from what I heard, not even uh, compensating everyone correctly like they got that bad. But I noticed that the uh, the check that I got hadn't been um, done incorrectly. But, yeah, they had to keep contacting this victim and had her waiting on the phone for a long time. Like it was just extremely tacky. Uh, 
but it looked like she got the problem fixed and everything. Um, my next one is, it's uh, been more um, black misandry. Uh, there was a, a black teen in high school. Um, we, we take passport pictures and everything. So I noticed this once again, this anti-blackness, like uh, the black female was taking this uh, black boy's picture, like a black teen, and the, the black male was with his mother. All right? So uh, I don't know if it was, you know, because he had a certain hairstyle or whatever, but I was paying attention, you know, I couldn't help but listen. And he sat on the stool, and she took the uh, the photo, and they looked on the computer screen, touch screen, to see how the picture turned out. And she just imposed on him, like, well, you need to smile. You should smile. Like, but smiling is optional, you know? We don't, we're not supposed to tell people that they can smile now, that they need to smile like that. Is optional, you know, neutral expression and whatnot. It's, it's a passport image. So they usually don't even smile anyway. But they were commenting on him not smiling. And he just had just a regular expression. Uh, and the mom said he looked like a suspect, his own mother. You know, this guy's like, I'm thinking 16 from what he said. So he looked like a suspect. So, yeah, that's why I told him to smile. So I don't hear that being said to no one else when they, um, you know, come take a picture or whatever. So, you know, I was thinking about that. I'm like, man, that could affect that uh, that that black team. So that that occurred. And my next one is I had a white woman come into the area. And she was trying to find out if we had recorded her satisfaction to the property or the mortgage. And it looks like the attorney that she was working with never came up to have it recorded. So I had to, (laughs) I had to let her know, like, can you please stand right here where the card is so you can view the secondary monitor? And so, Oh, I'm just so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then maybe like four or five minutes later, she started getting closer again because I had my mask on. I said, could you please give me some space? Please. So I was polite. And then she never moved from that spot again. You know, uh, I wanted to share that because the the COVID, um, the COVID mandates really have been, I guess I could say, relaxed. They hadn't really been reinforcing any of the, uh, the mask policies, really. So, I'm one of the few people that's wearing a mask. But, yeah, I had to tell that white woman, like, hey, you like that, like, you know. And then I looked, and I looked to see the reaction versus when the black guy, he was sounding frustrated, and, he, you know, he apologized too, but they wanted to press the panic button. The white woman wanted to press the panic button on him, but not on this white one, of course, right? So, um my my next one is I was coming from lunch and uh, I went into the break room 
to I was on like my third bottle of water, you know, and and as soon as I, as soon as I went into the break room, there was a whole bunch of smoke coming from the microwave, and someone had a sweet potato in there. I don't know if it was in some aluminum foil or what, but there was a white woman sitting in there with a legs crossed. And I'm like, you don't see this smoke coming out of this, this uh, microwave. So she looks up and then she rushes one, running toward it. Oh, I, I didn't even realize. I'm like, how could you not even smell that? Like, <laughs> um, but you know, on a serious note, this was a, a, a non-white, non-black person that left this sweet potato in the microwave. And it's like gray, grayish smoke coming from the microwave. And they was like, well, we got to hurry up and clear this out before the alarm comes on. Not even five seconds after that, I heard his voice, his automated female voice. Uh, Attention, everyone. The fire alarm has been activated. Everyone, please exit the building or something to that effect. So the whole building, we had to, we had to uh, leave. So I'm, I'm like, are you serious right now? Like, uh, and they were like, Oh, I forgot. I left it in the microwave and she was at the front counter dealing with people. So I wanted to mention this because even with this, these, uh, MAGA, um, Trump supporter to use my metaphors, uh, click members, just only a portion of them, about maybe, I'm going to say two or three, they started clowning. So we were at the administration building, and one of them came up with the name calling her Bernadette, right? So they had the puns ready. They had the wordplay ready, you know, skilled, racist language. So um, we came back in to the building, and you can still smell the smoke horrible smell so the black female went to lunch and came back from lunch and i could hear her laughing on the other end you know on the other side of the wall the white side so she was like oh that is just so funny that was so funny i just i, I just i just can't even i can't even understand how did how do y'all even come up with that you know like uh complimenting them on mistreating the non-white person, right? So she comes into the room, and she says, they are over there really cutting up or something like that. They said they're going to have an intro song for this lady, the lady that caused the, the fire. They said that every morning they're going to play the song Let It Burn by Usher, right? So I, I was like, are you serious right now? Like, this could have been really fatal. The the uh, microwave could have blown up all kind of things. So they're clowning like that and then saying that, hey, just to make an announcement, such and such, name the lady, she's going to cook us lunch tomorrow. That was another click member, right? So they were constantly saying things like that. But after that, that was on Wednesday, they stopped making those comments. And my last one is, there's a black female that started at the cashier. So two other click gang members, um, they've been having this issue with this money thing. They take money out and they'll put it back apparently from what's being reported to me. Um, and 
we, like myself and some other victims were suspecting that they may eventually try to make it look like she is stealing the money. So like say on Tuesday before the payday, this racist suspect would, uh, go, will not take that day off, but something can be, uh, taken out of the drawer and she's sitting in a box and I don't even know if there's a camera up there. Um, so I think like $50 or whatever was missing. So she, the racist called in the next day, the racist suspect and visually people end up thinking that the black person did it. She's sitting in the box and the white supervisor, she's gone. So she usually had a pattern like that. She'll call in the next day. And the other gang member, clique member, will come from the side where I'm at because they know each other socially. They talk to each other. So she probably texts her and engaged in unjust networking to be nosy and come over to the other side and help find the money. So this is this is how evil they are. So, um, But I guess they did find the money. I'm not sure. But I think they, you know, they're doing that sabotage a black female new employee. And it looks like she's noticing that racism is being practiced, but I try not to really get into uh, sharing too much information about that issue. And that's all I have to share. Thanks for allowing me to speak. Context of white supremacy. Mm, mm, mm. Our caller at the courthouse. Now, I mentioned we were talking about the four day work week. I mentioned they waste so much time in the system of white supremacy. Now, I'm going to say we were working at Kentucky Fried Chicken, just for sake of argument. We work at KFC. We're making biscuits. Well, they don't even make the biscuits from scratch there, I don't think. We're getting the biscuits. We're, you know, doing the instant mashed potatoes and getting the corn coleslaw and fried chicken and all the other nonsense that they had to poison everybody. Okay. Even under those circumstances, somebody, you know, burned some mac and cheese in the microwave and caused all this and everything and all that. Okay, so uh, let's see. We'll we'll blame it on a retired firefighter. He burned. Yeah, yeah, we'll blame it on him. Pun on him. Firefighter. So he burned the mac and cheese. So we're going to come in. Oh, my goodness. Brother firefighter. He burned the mac and cheese. We're all going to get brother, brother, uh, brother firefighter. Tomorrow he's going to come in and make us an extra special spicy mac and cheese at the same time. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. And then every day when he comes in, we stop and play Usher. Let it burn. Now, even if we worked at the KFC, like that is a lot of time wasting. And, and like, we don't have chicken to fry. 
biscuits to butter, like clean the bathroom, like all the things that we got to do. And we got to stop and engage in this sort of tomfoolery. That's it. We were at KFC. We're at the courthouse. People come here to get married. People come here to get their parental rights terminated. Charges. Find out if there's a racist covenant on my property. Y'all in here clown. Why is Usher playing? The panic button is being pressed. People might be beaten. This level of tomfoolery, as he said, not to mention, like, people do die in fires. That's kind of serious. I mean, I don't know if the fire department had to come out and all the rest, but that's kind of serious. Like, I don't know if that's something to sit around and snicker about. Much less we're going to do all this ridicule of a black person. Bernadette and all the rest of it. <laughs> Bernadette. <laughs> I sure let it. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Like, really? Incidentally, I am. Not, I don't care what the circumstances are like. You can burn the microwave up every day. I am never going to sit around and cackle with some white people about a black person, non white person, period on the job that is never gonna happen I don't care I could hate Bernadette's guts that's probably not her name whatever but whatever I could hate her guts I mean we could have beef going back to like kindergarten that I never got over she stole my chocolate milk in first grade I never got over it I'm never forgiven we're gonna beef till death I don't care I'm not gonna be sitting around cackling with these white women or white people period you got to be like, it would just have to be, well, whatever. When I get home today, man, I'm telling everybody, burn it, burn the microwave down. <laughs> I'm so happy. Like, far as they know, whatever. I'm moving right on. Embarrassing all the way. And again, I'd be curious to see what the response would have been if it had been a white person would they have done all that. Burn it, and then we're going to do Usher and blah, 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 and, you know, all the rest of it. Um, yeah, I'd be curious that either way, that is a serious situation, like fires in the workplace, people die as a result of that. And we do not want to be wasting the fire department's time either over goofiness. And I love sweet potatoes, if you want to add one on top of that. Uh, let's see. The black female should get a raise uh, that's d- that does the payroll and they botched it so that everybody is getting the wrong compensation and he got said he got the wrong compensation and everything then they had to get her out of a uh, sick bed to come in and keep her on the phone and all this nonsense to get the pro- she deserves a raise like if she is the only one who can do this job correctly even on her deathbed and the rest of you lames everybody hears with all the education and everything you can't get five of them together to get it correct she deserves a raise then the tackiness on top of it nah, nah, get her out of bed and all the rest of it and waste her time on the phone with this nonsense like come on doesn't get any better than tacky uh, let's see the passport photo I got my passport photo way back before the Rona thought we were going to Toronto and then whammo no way um, I did not smile in my passport photo photo nor do I recall being prompted 
about you, you got to smile come on now Gus let me see those pearly whites come on now I don't remember any of that <laughs> I've seen other people's uh, passport photo I've seen some where they did smile I've seen some where they didn't ne- as neutral face that's the big one neutral face not just come on smile come on smile you look like a suspect Jesus Christ like are you serious mm. I, yeah I gotta be a rapist I'm a teenager why do I have to be a suspect looter gangster crack peddler rapist I'm just trying to get a passport photo Jesus black male privilege I can't be anything that's one thing Dr. Eddie Moore Jr. said Cal Bell the theory of impossibility we are not capable like nobody individuals classified as white and then all of the victims of white supremacy we are not capable of oh you look so serious you look like you're about to perform brain surgery nah 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 lots of different ways that you could look like you are really serious no only way that we can conceptualize oh my god is this some sort of wanted poster that you're trying to do Jesus Christ Yep, that's the look I was going for. The rapist. That's that's exactly what I was trying to look like. Yes, thank you. Uh, let's see. He said he went to get his third glass of water, container of water for the day. Drink that water. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, let's see. And the encroachment... Uh, I asked about the COVID situation, you know, in the workplace. Uh, That's kind of the impression that I've gotten from many places, although I do know in some places that they have brought the mask mandates back and all the rest of it. So it kind of depends on where you are. But uh, this white woman coming in, she's, I guess, you know, excited or whatever, really needs her information. I can understand. And she's encroaching getting close up on it like I need my information let's you know chop chop let's get it impatient let's roll said, ma'am you need to back please oh my bad encroaching my fault my fault she's impatient she starts encroaching again like I need let's go I've been got to ask this nigger again like let's roll with it ma'am 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 even noted the difference now she can get in and get excited and be jumping over the desk and everything Nobody's getting towards the panic button. Not time to be excited. Not time to be rowdy. Nobody feels threatened or unsafe. Black men. The brother, as they say, comes in. It's whoa, 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 whoa. Get the the bailiff. Wait a minute. Can't even get excited at the courthouse. If you are, you know classified as that. Apparently, hey, if you are a black male, you come in here not smiling. Could be a problem. (laughs) 
He said last week he was working at the counter. I don't know if he was smiling or not. That could have been, you know, part of it right there. He said he was working at the counter. Another black fella came in, saw a stain on the rug, said, oh, I know who did it right there. Mm-hmm. Gus, can I say something? Yes, sir. And 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 for greater context, I waved to him, and I said good morning. Before he said that to me, he said, he, he 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 waited, and he said, hey, like I said, I knew it was coming, but you know, I I wasn't even smiling at that time, you know. So I just answered that. I was just blank, you know. I looked down, <laughs> but that's it. Yeah, he did say he wasn't smiling. So see, you know. Black male not smiling like, uh oh, you already might be having some criminal thoughts or you've already done something criminal, maybe a little of both. Like, yeah, you stained the rug or rape somebody or both. Yeah. Yeah. Black male privilege at the courthouse, although it didn't sound like the black females came out that well either. If they got accused, it's brand new. <laughs> already oh you stole fifty dollars out of the rest like oh my god wait a minute whoa i just started whoa wait a minute wait a minute whoa whoa and then he said they went and went together and they found it i'm suspicious of any found like come on come on like all of that is so lame especially the way he's talked about before like there seems like there's resistance to wanting to hire black people males or females really uh at the courthouse and then treating them really bad once they do get positioned especially if they get some sort of like uh supervisor or anything outside the segregated area it seems is a problem uh and they you know do all these antics and everything else much less what we heard with the microwave today uh but you get hired your first day and oh my god someone has stolen five thousand dollars out of the red mm-hmm. let's get that that's good we'll get on in the office check your person everything we already know right right now i talked about that sabotage before like reels i am certain uh, that there are a number of black we're just seeing doing what i know about the animosity sometimes that will happen uh with white people a black person getting hired to go and try and set somebody up like that on their first day at at minimum that is not what they call getting off to a good start even if she didn't do anything right they found out oh man this white woman you know did whatever the day before and blah 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 man on my first day working they come up fifty dollars short and people are looking at me like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, same thing I've been saying for years. Like, they take your confidence. That is one of the, like, first things so that you second guess yourself. She could have come in. I don't mean to use the metaphor machine because that's, you know, not him. But I mean, been extremely competent. You know, I, I am a mathematical genius. I don't need a calculator. Nothing. Boom, boom, boom. Did everything perfect and then leave $50 short what what just that alone to be like what in the world did I mess up now I gotta go home and think about that the rest of the day did I mess up what did something man 
nobody does that that's standard operating procedure anywho let's see uh, I saw retired firefighter do you have anything to get in before we wrap things up sir greetings everyone uh, a couple of these reports probably can uh, last until tomorrow but uh, I may not be able to participate tomorrow uh, just start off by uh, by stating uh, uh, you know I've mentioned about uh, getting your child or children uh, proficient with swimming uh, but you have to be very careful uh, about who you would employ to take on that task uh, and where that task would be uh, accomplished at uh, just a few days ago uh, a um, a black parent took their child, male child, uh, preschool looked to be, uh, to a white woman, not only to a white woman, but at a white woman's private house for swimming lessons. And the child drowned. I mean, this horribly tragic situation. Uh, First of all, unless you know that person personally, like it's that child's uncle or aunt that is qualified to do what they're doing, you know, something like that. But I mean, just just rare circumstances to do something like that. And even in, even in a public facility, even in a public facility, uh, you have to be careful uh, because especially now with the advent of uh, a shortening of lifeguards, uh, pools are probably will be crowded, especially in hot places like South Florida and in, in a crowded environment in a pool, a child can be missing and you find a child at the bottom of a 10 foot area in the pool. So uh, you you got to, and do not drop your child off and go somewhere. Stay there. (laughs) And if not participate by being in the water yourself, but at least be close by where you can pay attention to your child. Uh, yes, that and uh, also I, I I heard a report uh, about uh, uh, someone getting kissed on the on their bald head and and uh, I have a bald head also. I've had a bald head since 1990, and uh, I've never had that that issue all of the suggestions that i heard uh is probably a lot if not probably it is a lot better than what i would think about doing 
if something like that happened to me, somebody kissed me on the top of my head, then they get they get a slap right in the face immediately with an open hand. The same response that a female would do to someone who would kiss her without her approval. And I don't think nobody would uh, would would say that's unwelcome for if uh, that type of reaction. But uh, I wouldn't suggest it. I, I just put it that way. I'm just stating, being honest about what I would do. Uh, or somebody touched me sexually, inappropriately, and a kissing would be under the under that definition, also. But. Uh, you can figure out what I'm talking about when I mean by sexually somewhere they will get kicked in that same area immediately. Uh, I'm not making this suggestion for anybody else. I'm just stating it's something that I would do and take the risk. Uh, otherwise, uh, but anyway, uh, my, uh, open report is, uh, earlier this week, uh, I had a uh, scheduled appointment for an ADT uh, technician to come by. ADT is a, uh, a burglar alarm system that a lot of people have on their at the home's doorbell thing. And uh, so anyway, uh, a lot of times they, even if you don't answer your phone uh, prior to them showing up, uh, they would show up to your house anyway for some reason. Uh, but, uh, uh, but anyway, so uh, I uh, uh, heard the knock on the door and uh, opened the door and just told the person to, you know, wait a second because I was working out at the time and I had my shirt off. So I, you know, closed the door back and put my shirt on and whatnot and uh, so I could be presentable. Uh, with the person coming in my house. And uh, so uh, other other than, you know, I mean, as far as what I identify on what someone of that magnitude would be doing is just, you know, taking care of the business on why they was called. Uh, I can see uh, greetings, that sort of thing, and then they, you know, get right to work uh, or if there's some sort of briefing uh, that takes place, which should take long because they already know what they've been asked to do and then get, do their work and then finish and whatever financial situation that may come up, uh, sign the papers and whatnot or write the check or whatever. And then they go, they, they go their way. He comes asking me, how am I doing? <laughs> and I gave, I gave the Gus T renegade response right poorly uh he laughed so that prompted me to say well why are you laughing and i answered your question by saying right poorly and because he couldn't he couldn't answer the question well he could have answered the question but he didn't want to answer the question he tried to change it into something where i was uh, having an attitude or something like that, he said, you know, something like that. And uh, I wasn't going to let somebody that I'm hiring and I'm paying the bills for to come over to the place of residence where I stay at and give me some sort of personalized rules that they have. And uh, I promptly asked him uh, in so many expletives 
to leave the place of residence immediately. And uh, I uh, rescheduled rescheduled uh, uh, someone else to come come over. And uh, they actually came over this morning and uh, to do the job that I uh, actually, you know, you pay for it because you pay for the service every every month. Uh, so basically, that's what I had accomplished today. And that's my report. Thank you. Right on, Will Smith. Well, whew, black self-respect. Lots of folks hiring those white people. That can be a dangerous experience of race, especially that to be in your house. Dangerous experience of racism. White supremacy. Bravo for black self-respect and getting him on out of there. Promptly. Anywho, uh, we will wrap that up. That is so sad to hear about the swimming tragedy. We just talked about that safety with water and all the rest. Man, that's uh, yeah. It's I guess it's dangerous having a white person in your house. Wow, there should be very limited circumstances where you are in a white person's residence, especially your child. Like we had even talked about that as like a part of parenting code not having your child in a white person's residence you can go to the YMCA outdoor pool local pool like there should be lots better options than swim lessons at a white person's residence Mm, tragic again Dr. Welsing said we play around with sex the joke is on the offspring we will conclude there we'll be here tomorrow for the compensatory call in and uh, I think it's Monday we'll continue let's go Buffalo much obliged for everyone tuning in hope it was worthy of your Friday evening sobriety would be best under conditions of white terrorism if you're out and about uh, you see someone being rowdy and hostile you should be thinking they could be armed Highland Park Uvalde Buffalo on and on and on if you didn't leave your residence prepared to kill and or die exit if you're in a vehicle you are sober buckled up not on your mobile device we need all of our attention and we are trying to minimize contact with race soldiers badge or no all of that said creator we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people victims of white supremacy we ask if you help us remain patient with ourselves remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places each and every time we are in contact with another black person it has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately cow signing out thanks all for tuning in nigga you so brainwashed i'm a victim brother a victim i'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning shut up the man has programmed my conditioning Mm. 
Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs>